Welcome to the 13th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and Fruit Loops connoisseur, Adrian Pinter. How's it going, buddy? General Kenobi, it's going quite well. How are you, sir? I'm fairly good. I'm fairly good. Fairly? Yes. Why just fairly? Ah, uh, you know. I don't. That's quite literally why I'm asking you. Don't want to over-exaggerate. Over-exaggerate? No, I'm good. I'm good. You're well? Yeah, I'm well. That's good. Are you well? I'm well. Oh, that's good. I'm pretty sure that's what I said, did I not? Yeah, I wasn't listening. Ah, that's rare. It's a good way to start the podcast, I'd say. Yeah, man. I I mean, it's great. It's great. So what have you been up to? Um, Honestly, not too much. I actually, uh, I've just been really chilling out, just working away. In in Cedar Rapids? Yeah, just chilling. The election is fast Uh, approaching in the United States of America. In Cedar Rapids. Yeah, I'm going to ignore all that. It's a scary time. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it stresses fair. me we out. We avoid politics here on this show. Yeah. You do you. Vote for whomever you want. That's fine. That's fine with me. Uh, <laughs> That's right. But yeah, no, things are going uh, well, man. Uh, you know, I've just been hanging out. I've been watching a couple things, playing some video games, hanging out with my dog, right. Eleanor. Yes. Uh, I'm taking her on some walks and stuff. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Busy time at work for me. Been doing a bunch of interviews, interviewing people. Some good, some not as good. You know, things like that. Giving job offers, not giving job offers. Wow. All that sort of stuff. Wow. Wow. I'm a big boy now. That's right. I have people's livelihoods in my hand. You do. Oh, you need a job? You, you've you been laid off? You've been laid off? You need work to support your family? Not going to give you a job? You're out of luck, you son of a gun. You're out of luck. I don't want to give you a job. You're awful. There's a reason why you got laid off, and it wasn't because of COVID. You got laid off in, in, in January. We didn't even hear about COVID back then. Right. You know what because I mean? Because you wear crop tops. Yeah. You know, in the middle of the fall, and you're you're a man... And you, you party during COVID. No, yeah. That's too specific, but that's my neighbor. Yeah. Oh, he wears crop tops? Yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend just sent me Ironically? A, a message that had a, basically a picture of these guys walking by. It's actually a gun funny picture. She didn't take a picture of them. She was sitting in her car, and she took a picture of her side mirror catching them as they walked by in these weird uh, University of Guelph crop tops mm-hmm. as they walked towards their house. They seem to party. We've pretty much limited the partying in, in Ontario to... A 10-person limit, or it's like a $10,000 fine or some ridiculous number. Uh-huh. And inside, specifically, 25 people outside for parties. And they uh, they st- still go strong, I think. I mean, they kept it quiet. It's been quieter, but they do some weird things like steal stop signs, you know. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Walk on over with their stop sign with two uh, different street signs. That's like next level, though, because, um, I mean, I'd be lying to say I never stole a pylon in the middle of the night when I was when I was when I was inebriated. Everyone has. I feel like I feel like that's a that's just a way of life when you're in school. Never, never have I gone as far as to take a stop sign. It seems like it would be difficult to move. You know, you'd you'd really have to pull it out of the out of the grass. I honestly just assumed that when the stop signs were placed, they were like essentially cement. You know, like that's what I thought as well. And that's why they can just pull out a stop sign. It did. It did befuddle me when I saw this. I, I couldn't believe it, honestly. There was a lot of commotion outside my window, and so I looked out down. It was it was in the second story window. I looked down, and there they were, 
walking across their lawn, like not they were meandering across the lawn. They weren't running or anything. Like, oh look at me, I've got a stop sign. I'm so mm-hmm. cool. And they wear this weird looking fedora. They also also all wear weird fedoras. Hey, Amen. It's 2020. Yeah. Is that what you're going to say? Let them do what they want, man. The weird thing about that also was that right after they had walked across the lawn with the stop sign, one of the guys runs after them and he's like, hey, man, the cops are coming. Quick, quick hide. Jeremy. I don't know his name. Jeremy. I'm making it up. Jeremy, quick hide. And they quickly open the door. And I, I, I assume they took the stop sign. Stop signs are actually bigger than you think. Like it's way taller than a person. So yeah, and, and the the actual street signs were big as well. So I imagine Did they steal street signs as well. Not well, it was just... part of the stop sign. Part of, on the top of the oh. stop sign, on top of the sign, the post. There's a stop sign, and then you've got the two street signs pointing different directions. What streets? I didn't see them. It was uh-huh. too dark. It was it was dark out. Anyways, the cops literally were just pulling up, and you mm-hmm. could just see the lights in our all of our windows were flashing with red blue lights. Yeah, it felt like it was in Grand Theft Auto. And anyways, so they, they, I guess they stuffed the stop sign post into their door. Yeah. I'm assuming. I'm not really sure. Maybe. It's, thank God, uh, it's crazy. Thank God they're white, eh? Or else they probably would have been shot. Oh, mm. I don't even know. <laughs> I would say too soon, but I feel like it's just happening all around. Yeah, us, man, it's it? not too soon. Probably, it's happening every day, which is awful. But yeah, the craziest part, I heard that six people died in a car accident that night. At a specific intersection. Right. That's the other scary thing about stealing a stop sign. I know you're joking. but yeah. Am I? Yeah. I didn't look at the news for deaths at, at an intersection. Me neither. But yeah. Yeah. That's the scary thing. Was, like stealing a stop sign is kind of dangerous. It's know? very dangerous. A pylon, you know, it's one pylon. There's usually multiple. It's yeah. not so bad. But Unless you're with a group of people. I mean, I don't endorse stealing pylons. Don't steal pylons out there, kids. But, you know. I don't know. It's a way of life. Yeah. It's a way of life. But yeah, anyways, that took like an hours to clear up. There was literally, the cops were stopping people in my lawn to interrogate them. The groups of children, not children, but, you know, college yeah. students walking through. And then they had them like right next to my door, like mm-hmm. saying, hey, did you see these people? And they're like, no. It's like, they don't seem to be home, but we know they're home. That was the conversation. Yeah. So I'm guessing they shut all their lights off. And then they had like a light. They were standing right next to our window. They were shining the light around the corner. So I guess they were trying to find out if they were home or trying to find where they stashed the stop sign. Or maybe the stop sign was in the lawn. We didn't really look out too far because we didn't want to go out at 11. Anyways, that's my story about the missing stop sign. It's interesting. Hopefully no, no one actually did get hurt through that inter- intersection, but you never know. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Now you're telling stories at the beginning of the show. Yeah, I apologize for the long-winded story here. I like it. No. Do you have any other any any more stories to tell? Maybe I'll uh, you know Maybe I'll tell them later. In other episodes. Maybe check out episode 14. Maybe I'll tell a story then. All right. This is so exciting. I can't wait until next week already. As we move on here, let's talk about some show corrections. We do focus on this show to, to be accurate. We, we focus on being accurate as much as we can. You do. In the moment. Well, I try my best. Yeah, I can't speak for you, perhaps. But no. We, I, I think we can say we. We try to be accurate. And when we're not accurate, we try to correct ourselves. The first thing I want to correct from last week's episode is specifically that Dune is Dune. indeed yes Dune is indeed being split into two parts. It is actually going to be two movies. Oh my goodness! See, I I knew it. I remember. Yeah, you were right. I, yeah. You said that, and I didn't clue in. And I when I was listening to it back as I edited it, I instantly was like, "Is this guy right?" Because I remembered suddenly when I listened to you saying that back on that episode, last episode, episode twelve, that mm-hmm. you said again, there is two parts. I thought I heard that. I read that somewhere. And yes, Denis Villeneuve. The director announced in April that he would not do this movie unless it was two parts because there's just too much meat meat and potatoes 
in this specific mm. book to actually make it into a proper adaptation without making it two parts. And the book, there's certain spots in which you could easily split it up properly to get two movies. And so this is really exciting because that's problematic. If they didn't do this, I'd argue there's just too much to pack into one movie. So I'm really happy about that. The second correction, actually, do you have anything to add about that specifically? No, no. I'm just excited for that. That's, that's super cool. I think so too. It feels like it's kind of crazy because I feel like a lot of Dennyville News movies aren't incredibly profitable. At least like Blade you Runner. That. Last as episode, an Blade Runner as an example, but he's just such a creative mind that it, it's really cool that he just keeps on getting money for these projects. So I'm very Perhaps, excited. I think Arrival was profitable. Um, well, yeah, I, yeah, that's true. And Prisoners, I think, was profitable. I think I don't Prisoners know. Was, uh, I think 2049 was maybe the exception of the rule. But again, he's building on a cult classic that was Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Like really, Scott's Blade Runner again never never did particularly well out of the gate theatrically, and then it just built up steam. I built a cult following as we talked about and we talked about at length with how dune is kind of a cult following or has a cult following now in 2020 potentially even though it's one of the best-selling or is the best-selling sci-fi novel of all time mm-hmm. but it's interesting that they did give it to him after this but yeah i'm super excited based on that trailer again we talked about this before it is super exciting to see what uh, he pulls off with this one and i'm kind of excited to see where he lands the end of the the first movie where is it gonna end? Me I'm, too. I'm I mean, very you don't even sad. know at all because you haven't read the book. But. It, exactly. I know there's sandworms with teeth. There's also a question of are they gonna launch in November? We didn't really talk about that too much. I don't think so. They can't um, possibly at this point. Do you think so? I don't know, man. I, I, yeah, probably not. Because Can't, again, like I don't know. I can't remember if this is in our news stories, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that. There, there have been more movie delays. There are. Yeah. So we won't go go too too deep into details. Tenet actually. Tenets, I think, crossed the 250 million mark That's made good. globally, which I think is pretty good. Again, the movie cost just over 200 million, if I recall. And so that's a good thing. But again, to break even in terms of marketing and everything like that, you need to double. They have to do better. Although they can move this to HBO Max or other places and still succeed in a, in a big way, I think. Like, there's, this is not a lost cause. The fact that they've made this much, I am actually very impressed with this. Yeah this number so we'll, we'll see i'm gonna buy happens. it like i'm gonna buy it as soon as it releases digitally as well to net yeah i think so too it's it's pretty fantastic mm-hmm. definitely worth it you can listen to it on your new sonos arc it's true yeah the sound is pretty great i need to buy a goddamn mount for yeah i know the second correction getting into sound actually again oh. hans zimmer did not work on tenet we talked about hans zimmer having not worked on tenet as one of the first movies that hans zimmer hasn't worked with christopher nolan on since uh, the Dark Knight, which was in, unusual to me, and I was confused as to why that was. The reason why is because he was hired on for Dune, actually, and there were scheduling conflicts, so he couldn't do both. So another Dune what connection. So Hans Zimmer is actually a fan of Frank Herbert's Dune, and so the reason why is because he, he loves that work of fiction so much that he couldn't pass up, up the opportunity, and so he actually recommended Ludwig Göransson as well, because uh, they're friends, apparently. That's, so that's cool. kind of a neat little inside trivia kind of idea but we kind of alluded to the concept this is more of a clarification that we hope there's not a problem no in bad paradise blood. with hans zimmer and christopher nolan who've worked together so often so it probably hans zimmer will be in on the next christopher nolan project if i were to guess although gornson did a fantastic job gornson by the way won an emmy for the mandalorian yeah that's the the show that won the best score outstanding musical score 
And That's was, uh, no surprise. It's arguably the best part of that show. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you can honestly make an argument. I'm not even being facetious. It's so unique and like and it, memorable. It is. It doesn't really pull. It pulls enough from John Williams' original score for like the Star Wars trilogy, like the original trilogy and onward. But it really does its own thing in in huge ways. Yeah, it's amazing. All the way through, it makes you feel. I don't know. There's something about it that makes you feel like the Mandalorian in general kind of puts you into that McDonald's ball pit in the way that it makes mm-hmm. you feel nostalgic in some ways. And that score does such a good job of accentuating that. So it is pretty cool. But anyways, just wanted to clear that up. We're clearing it up. The air is cleared. Now, let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Saddlebauer wrote into us once again, and he said, Dear audio oracles of entertainment, I enjoyed The Force Awakens, was impressed that new ground was broken for The Last Jedi, but it was disappointed that Abrams seemed to backtrack on anything new and return to safe tropes for Rise of Skywalker to make it a fanservice movie. Thank that you. being said, I definitely become weary of too much nostalgia in Star Wars. The trailer for the second season of The Mandalorian seemed to try to squeeze a lot of familiarity into it. Yet another return to Tatooine, obligatory shot of a Tusken Raider on a Bantha, visit to Elam before it becomes Starkiller Base, return of the Gamorreans, add to that the rumors of the second season including Ahsoka, Boba Fett, Captain Rex, the actor who played Jango Fett is on the cast list, but could be playing any of his clones. Sabine Wren and Bo-Katan making appearances. I'm hoping Filoni and Favreau don't lose the rhythm of the first season by becoming too mired in keeping the toxic fans from grumbling. It is also more than slightly miffing to have the Mark Hamill cameo revealed in the trailer instead of having us find out over time. Like EV99 in the first season, Dobu Skay in The Last Jedi, or any time you see William Patrick, Patrick William in the credits of one of anything Star Wars, spoiler, Hamill is the one-eyed alien in the trailer. Signed, Kenneth. I've got a quote here. Don't part with your illusions. When they are gone, you may still exist, but you have ceased to live. A quote by Mark Twain. Mark Twain, not a smart guy. <laughs> right. I like this email in particular because of all the Mark Hamill cameos that I didn't even know existed. Me in too. all of these movies. He's in almost every one of these movies, I guess twice, because he's obviously in The Last Jedi as Luke Skywalker. Yeah, as Mr. Skywalker, yeah. But he's the... Do you remember that little alien guy in the casino? There's a little alien guy in the casino with a monocle. He's a, t- a tiny chubby little guy, and he, he's trying to play with coins with BB-9. B- oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I do. BB-8. BB-8. Damn it. Where the hell is BB-9? BB-8. Like, he's trying to put coins into him like he's a slot machine. I do remember that, yeah. That was... Apparently Mark Hamill. And then there's a one-eyed alien in the... Why'd you roll your eyes? I, like, it could... Like, it's, is it really a cameo if it's just a CGI? Oh, uh, yeah. Like... Could be, if you're grunting and, and moaning and doing whatever. I guess. Is it is it really a cameo for Daniel Craig, as an example, in that scene with Ray on the... Uh, oh, when he's You know in, what I mean? He's, yeah. he's hidden. You can hear, actually, if you listen to that back... By the way, the cameo we're talking about, there's a scene with Ray in which she kind of... I guess finds out about her force powers for the first time, kind of. Mm-hmm. Not really. I guess when she touches the lightsaber with, you know what I'm talking and, about. Uh, oh my god, your ceiling's gonna fall on top of us. Yeah, I don't know if the mics picked that up, but um, that was weird. in in what's her name's Mascanadas. Yes, Mascanadas um, Cantina, I suppose. Yeah. And so that was, I guess, the first time she discovers her force powers. But there's a moment where she actually uses the force mind trickery in the when she's tied up to the. 
the restraints and she asks the stormtrooper mm-hmm. to get rid of the restraints and let her walk out free. Yeah, I and definitely remember that scene. You do you actually or am I No, I do. Why are you smiling? Never mind. She's tied up in restraints. It's a BDSM joke. Oh, oh, damn. Sorry. It's fine. I apologize. You're I, just, you're, I, you're I hope so the listeners at home picked it up. Yeah. But anyways, so Daniel Craig again, he's wearing a full Stormtrooper outfit. You can hear his voice though. You can actually hear Daniel Craig, but I didn't hear it the first time until I knew who it was afterwards. And he repeats all of the lines back to her. Like, again, I will, I will remove your restraints and leave the door open. Point cool. is, these cameos are neat. And I'm glad he pointed this out. I really appreciate Ken's... Uh, insight on this it's kind of cool i still don't believe that trailer was too nostalgic though for the mandalorian season two yeah no i i I agree with you but to be fair ken is uh he's a star wars like this is this is deep stuff here yeah he's he's far more knowledgeable about this stuff than than probably both of us put together for sure some of these names i don't even know who these who's sabine wren do you know who that is um no like i can't feel nostalgic about sabine wren i don't even know who that is i know like ahsoka tana and uh captain rex like i'm familiar with them sabine wren i've definitely heard of the name and same oh, with ahsoka Bo- i knew yeah that's, that's yeah. somebody i knew yeah and, and, and i've heard of bo katan as well i just don't i i don't know where they're from maybe rebels maybe um clone wars i'm not too sure I feel like if you just dive into this stuff and you kind of just throw it in in little bits and pieces, it's just kind of an interesting nod to people who are big fans of this, like Ken. In in reality, this isn't for the fan service fans in some way. Like I feel like the people complaining about the Last Jedi were the fans. I don't know if they're, they're, are they really like Ken though? Because Ken's like deep into this stuff. Like all of yeah. these names here, they're even like the fans who are upset about the last jedi may not know some of these characters i believe last jedi is a good movie but not a good star wars movie shut up shut up you're 12 what the fuck do you even know about star wars yeah i I don't know about that but i just feel like i i like these cameos and i enjoy the i wouldn't have even known that was mark hamill yeah same here as long as these cameos don't come at a detriment to the storytelling, I'm fine with it. Right, I think that's what Ken's saying. Yeah, like he, if if he's worried about that, and I don't like that's. I feel like that's a fair sort of worry, um, considering what Abrams well, we've did gone do through with the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So and that was after season one. Keep that in mind. So if they think that that's a good idea, although that's one of the worst reviewed Star Wars movies of all time, Rise isn't it the worst? I think it might be. Yeah, I think it's no, it definitely is because Phantom Menace was the worst before that. It was sixty something. Rise of Skywalker is in its 50s. Because for whatever reason, Attack of the Clones is better than... I like it better. I I know you don't like yeah, Attack know. of the Clones. The thing for me is that... I like I believe, some of Attack of the Clones. I believe Phantom Menace had plot holes. Like, for instance, Anakin Skywalker being lifted into the pod racer and saying, Wee! And he's literally getting into one of the fastest things on the planet. That's not a plot hole. This kid's just a... This he's kid's an idiot. Ready. No, he's ready to go. He <laughs> he's is a also, bloody idiot. He is a, to- he is a child. So by definition, he is an idiot. And the fact that he blows up the space station completely by accident, and it looks like he did it by accident. It's not like when Ray was flying the Millennium Falcon. She's obviously very Force-sensitive, and she mm-hmm. she instinctively got how to fly it. I get that. But Anakin was a little ridiculous. He just flies it in, and it was like a Mr. Bean movie. He clicks the button and blows up the, yeah. the space station by Man, accident. This is podcasting. What? Because it's not it's just a kind of a reference to the movie, because... It's not when he's flying that, but he goes like, now this is pod racing. Oh, yeah, right. Good. Your reference to like the fact that we're podcasting. Yes. Screwing the joke. It's fine. You're welcome. You're welcome, listener. Anyways, (laughs) so 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, again, I, I wasn't a big fan. That's fair. I, I wasn't a big I, fan. I, I have a and lot then of the nostalgia. Next one, I believe that Attack of the Clones, I don't like it because I feel like it's a simulation and not a narrative. Like It's a simulation of what a Star Wars story could be. It's kind of why I don't like, again, off, off base a little bit, but Quantum of Solace for a James Bond movie. I think it's the worst Daniel Craig James Bond movie because it's, a, it's, a, it's like a simulation of a James Bond movie. It's like, we're going to hit these beats, but in reality... I don't know. It's just kind of giving you more of the world and you're just kind of viewing it. But ultimately what you want in some of these narratives is a true start to finish kind of adventure. I don't feel like you get that Attack of the Clones. Although it fleshes out a lot of the story and watching Obi-Wan, I really find that Ewan McGregor starts coming more into his own in that episode in a big way. And that's one of the best things about it is watching his story kind of go out. They're exploring Coruscant, which is really cool. And the, the underworld of Coruscant and the places he goes. I, I actually like that aspect of the movie. I only don't like Phantom Menace because, again, it's the plot holes. That's of, fair. Of blowing up a space station by accident when every other movie they're blowing up these la- large space stations and they pl- spend so much effort to get that done. No, no, you know what? I'll let you have it. I disagree with it. you. Oh. But I'll let you have it. You don't, you don't <laughs> like Attack of the Clones. I'll never convince you. I that. Like, I don't hate it. Like, I have a lot of nostalgia for that movie. I mean, I think... It's not a great movie. It's not really a good movie, but like I do find enjoyment in it. There's right. there there is like enjoyable scenes in it that I have tied. I just have far more nostalgia for uh, the Phantom Menace. Well, that fight scene is one of the best lightsaber fight scenes in probably the entire Star Wars. Oh no, definitely u- universe. Like, that's like- unquestionable. The Darth Maul. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Qui-Gon Jinn with Liam Neeson. I also really like Liam Neeson in the role of I like of Liam Neeson Jinn as uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. I just I, feel I like, like him in general, but in it, this case, he's awesome in Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn as a character, though, is so flawed in terms of just, like, he essentially ruined, like, everything because he, he just put so much faith into Anakin and he, he bet wrong. You know what I mean? It was just one of those situations that... But he also didn't have chan- a chance to, like, change his his choice. That's true. And because he died, Obi-Wan Kenobi, he, in Qui-Gon's memory, fought to get Anakin training as much as possible. If Qui-Gon was still around, he might have changed his mind because he was a pretty wise guy. You can make mistakes initially and then start to see how flawed you are. It's just, yeah, didn't have the chance to do that. Maybe with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's guidance, maybe you wouldn't have gone down the other path. Yeah. Who knows? You know what meme I really like? It's it's a Phantom Menace meme, and it's uh, like one of the guys in in the Senate being like, "Your thoughts dwell on your mother," <laughs> and then it's uh, like it goes to like Kid Anakin. He's like, "My thoughts dwell on your mother." And it's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a quality meme, quality Star Wars meme. I've got the high ground, Bananakin. <laughs> Honestly, I remember uh, I remember seeing that for the first time and laughing. Just so you're aware, just 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 to paint a picture for you. This meme that we're talking about with Bananakin, he's a banana. Yeah. With a face on it. All you gotta just search Bananakin meme. Yeah. It's Anakin, but b in front of it. Exactly. It's quality. It's quality content. Once again, I appreciate you, Ken. I appreciate this email, especially all the stuff about Mark Hamill, because that was enlightening. I started to go down this rabbit hole of finding out where all these little cameos were, and it was pretty cool. Mm. So thank you very much for writing in once again. And now, Adrian... I'd like to ask you, what exactly have you been watching? So I've watched a few things this week, but really I'm just going to talk about two things. Just real quick, uh, the, the third thing I've been watching is, is The Boys. Uh, I've been watching it week to week. I'm excited to talk to you about it once it's all finished. I think we should do a closer look episode once, once the all season's done. done. I agree with you. I agree with you because I have a lot to say about it. It's, it's fantastic. It's really good. Are you caught up, like, all the way through? Yep. Because Friday, this past Friday, 
it did air another episode. Yeah, I watched it uh, Friday morning on Amazon Prime. Yeah, cool. That's great. Wow, Friday morning. Did you have well, Friday off? No, I went to work. Oh, but I was just I, that excited about it. You watched? Well, no. It. Ellie woke me up, and then I took her on a walk, and then You're like, no, no sense in going to bed now. Yeah. So it's the boys' time. Yeah, exactly. It's I time made, for the boys. I made breakfast for me and my lover. Ellie hung out with me in the kitchen. I had the boys playing on my phone. On it's the good. phone. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm reserving the boys for the big screen. I just think there's big sound. There's some big events in it. Not to criticize, but no, you're criticizing. No, I've watched. Gotta reserve the Quibi. You know, you gotta get the Quibi on the phone. So. I uh, I watched. I watched. I think five out of the six episodes on my TV with headphones on, like through my PlayStation. Oh, headphones. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I just watched it through my phone then uh another show i uh, started to watch well i i've already watched it before but i'm watching the the fourth and final season that i have yet to finish ever of preacher cool uh, that's so great. they they finally released it i imagine a couple months ago uh on amazon the fourth and final season so i watched the first three seasons last year just kind of binged watched through them and i was patiently waiting for season four that show's really great i think the first uh interesting actually just to segue briefly it's also a show oh executive produced, produced by executive produced by evan goldberg and seth rogan yeah which is kind of neat they're both shows produced by the that pairing which is kind of cool yeah so, i feel like they're uh, relatively similar in tone as well to a certain extent in a lot of ways in like the the raunchiness and the craziness of the, both the violence and the overall humor yeah but I don't know. Uh, season four, it's uh, it's all right. I've seen the first three episodes. It's definitely not as good as the other. Oh no! Three That's seasons. I, like it, I definitely. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I, I haven't checked on Rotten Tomatoes or anything. But I felt like the show got better as the seasons progressed. Oh, I see. I really loved season one. I thought that was great. Season two is super cool, and then season three is fantastic. Like it's they introduce a lot of really cool characters. I feel like season four is almost like a step backwards in oh, terms no. of its quality. I, I find it, I would argue that it's probably the worst season so far out of the uh, the other three I watched. But I just know that it's the last season, but I watched the first episode of season four and I was like, man, like, I don't know what it is. I'm not really in the mood for this right now, but I'm just going to kind of push through it. It's only 10 episodes. I want to finish off the show. So I watched the next two and it's, like, it's still good. It's not bad, but it's one of those things where I'm just like, man, I could be watching something better right now that's too bad and uh, i never thought that when i was watching the first three seasons interesting i don't know what it is about it hope it's got a satisfying conclusion i hope so too but like right now it's it just feels almost too slow paced for the ending that's coming because again i maybe it's just because i know that the ending's coming but i feel like nothing's you didn't read the comics that this is based on no no i know uh that it's a fairly big departure from the comics as far as I'm aware. Well, at least in the beginning, I'm pretty sure the first season, the comics, they start on the road. Yeah, the first season is essentially a prequel to the comics. Yeah, yeah. And then season two, or I think the last scene in season one is the beginning of the comics. And I really love season one. I think season one's fantastic, actually. But yeah, I don't know. There, there's something about it. It's not It's not bad. Uh, it's just not clicking with me as I want it to. One of my uh, one of maybe our it's, Maybe friends, it's because you're also watching The Boys and it's so fantastic that... The contra- maybe maybe it's the the contrast of the two different it's, seasons. Could that be why? It's possible. I mean, I did also just finish Better Call Saul, which is an absolute masterpiece. And then yeah, watching the boys, which again is just so good. It's so damn good. It yeah. almost feels like a step down from those shows. I was thinking about Better Call Saul again today, and I was thinking about how I've watched that series through, except for the last season that just aired, the fifth season. 
I've watched it through twice, like through to season four, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it's just, man, I could keep watching it. I literally could watch it again. I don't know if it's like The Office and that you can just keep going through it over and over again, but it's just one of those things that you, you kind of watch it through and you, you eat Cinnabon. In the beginning of every season, season. of Better Call Saul, they, he's, in, he's in black and white and he's working at Cinnabon. And that's mm-hmm. the that's kind of the, the plot line. You could be eating a Cinnabon. Like you can be watching Better Call Saul eating a Cinnabon. Yeah, you could be sitting and eating a Cinnabon instead of watching Preacher. I could and be watching Better Call Saul seasons one to four. And that again for quality, that's kind of the idea. The, the quality Cinnabon. of that show again is like Cinnabon. It's like a, a bad cinnamon bun that you can kind of get at the grocery store, and you know, versus eating at Cinnabon. That's the that's the difference between Preacher. And Better Call Saul, maybe. I don't know, but, but yeah. actually, it's interesting. So I watched Preacher uh, seasons one to three as well. Yeah. I found that there was variations in that already. I didn't actually like season two that much, as an example. There's a part parts in season two I didn't like. Season three went a little bit more outlandish in some ways, and I found it was maybe even better than season one, maybe? Season three is probably my favorite because of the new characters they add. Yeah, yeah. And so when they get to season four, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that they're going to do something great with the ending. Because maybe it's a build-up. Maybe it's a build-up. That would be the hope. It's a slow build-up. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. You're only on season three. Uh, sorry, episode three. You're only on episode three, though. So. It's true. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of loose ends to tie. Or maybe just not many, and that's why they're taking their time. I, I don't know. There's something off about it, and uh, I am not loving it. I don't hate it. I still like it, but I'm not enjoying it as much as I thought I was going to. However, again, I, I actually, I, I literally started saying that like one of our mutual friends watched it and he loved it. He, he finished the show and he really loved it. He like binge watched the entirety of season four in one day. So I don't know, maybe I'm just in a mood. Maybe maybe my bar is set too high, my expectations. Maybe. Maybe I'm, I just have better taste than him, you know? That all of these things could well, be What possible. else is he watching, you know? That's the thing. I don't know. He hasn't seen Better Call Saul's. He hasn't, no. He loves The Leftovers, though. But it's also, again, this all matters, again, in context, I think, what you're watching at the same time. I think that that contrast does matter in, it's some, true. in some ways, for sure. Is he watching The Boys at the moment? That's yeah, the he is, actually. So, I don't know. Maybe he's fine yeah. with it. He is a huge fan of Preacher, and he read the comics, I believe. I or... think he watched, like, read the first, like, volume or two, if oh, okay. anything. I don't think he finished the complete run he, i know he owns oh, you're saying he's not a true fan is that what you're saying no he's a fake fan you're saying that yeah hopefully he's listening to this he definitely won't be he's a liar <laughs> but yeah cool yeah um the other thing i've watched is anola holmes the new netflix original me movie. too yeah 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 starring millie bobby brown as anola holmes and uh henry cavill as, as sherlock, sherlock holmes. holmes that's right sherlock holmes holmes and did you like it what did you think of the movie, mm. Enola Holmes? Did you I, enjoy it? I enjoyed it. I think okay. it's a very charming movie. It's a really nice coming-of-age story of this young woman trying to... Make her way in the yeah, world. Yeah, find her own path, essentially, and not kind of follow in her brother's... like her Both her older brother's like more renowned footsteps, I guess. Actually, interesting. that's an interesting way to s- describe that. That would not be the way I would describe that. I keep going. Really? Actually, I'm curious, yeah. Oh, I, I found it that, you know... She's like, trying not to follow her in her in her brother's footsteps? Yeah. Oh. I, I, I found it that she's just trying to make her own path and trying to be well, her own woman. Well, that's definitely true. She's definitely trying to make her own path. I, I, I know what you mean, because she... I don't want to reveal what I'm saying, so I'm just going to be vague, but... Fair enough. It, I feel look, like she inadvertently 
starts following her like Sherlock Holmes's path. Oh, I don't think she's doing it on but, purpose. It doesn't really matter what the path yeah. is for them. I don't think that part matters. But there's a there's an overtone or an undertone for the whole movie. It's very, I guess, feminist in some way, which oh, definitely. is good. It's, it's a good I message. I disagree. It's a great message overall. I think it's the worst message I don't think it's ever. overbearing. I don't think that it's like too much. Why don't we have why don't we, why are we why don't we have our own Sherlock Holmes thing? Why don't we have a Sherlock Holmes movie? Why do we have to follow Enola Holmes? Yeah, sure. Did, did you see that online? Somebody mentioned that. No, but I'm I, sure I, there's somebody there. Dude, I guarantee you. Oh, I, why do we? Why can't we just get a Henry Cavill movie with Sherlock Holmes? Why yeah. do we need this side character? By the um, way, Millie Bobby Brown is ruining ruining every industry. I hate seeing women on the screen. It's someone we both know. Is it? Oh. Millie Bobby Brown, by the way, from Stranger Things and other things, but... Is atrocious in this movie. Star, who's the star, again, has Take a starring time. role Take for Enola Holmes. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's amazing. Yeah, she's, she's really great. Like, really witty and uh, charismatic. It's mm-hmm. very fun to watch. She was amazing. And definitely... She demands the screen when yes, she's on there. I, I agree. Yeah, she, it's, a, it's, it's a cute movie. And we have uh, Beatrix Lestrange in it as well. Right. Um, For sure. Which is super cool. Helena Bonham Carter. Yes. So like the, the initial plot line is essentially Enola Holmes' mother disappears. And she really just has to, she's initially just trying to find out why. And then there's a, the whole coming of age story that it becomes mm-hmm. as it goes. Her brothers get involved. Henry Cavill plays Sherlock. And then you got Mycroft Holmes played by Sam Claflin. Sam, yeah. Indeed. I haven't seen him in too much, but I've seen him before. The, they... Essentially, where Sam Claflin's Mycroft then becomes, because he's the older brother, Enola Holmes is Ward. Ward. And he's sort of a misogynist. Yeah, he's kind of a dickhead. He's kind of a dick. He's and like, Sherlock's less so. And it's the, the, my favorite thing about the movie in general was the relationship between Sherlock Holmes and Millie Bobby Brown's Enola Holmes. Holmes. There's, just a, there's a certain charm there that I just really like their building of the relationship. She hadn't really had much... Of a relationship with her brothers as she just kind of lived alone with her mother for many years and her brothers left home and really didn't come back it's not a movie that also by the way unlike the bbc sherlock with benedict cumberbatch it's not a movie that takes place in modern times it's specifically victorian london and that setting actually fit very well with again the themes of the getting women the ability to vote and things like that that whole kind of idea as well yeah I, I agree. Yeah, I think it's a very well done movie. I really like. Initially, I was kind of annoyed about the fourth wall breaking. Like, oh, I loved it. Yeah, I, it grew on me fairly quick. At, at the start, I was like, man, I, I don't want to just see her constantly cutting to the camera and talking like she's Donald. Uh, like Donald. Why am I Donald? Who's Donald Duck? <laughs> yeah, Donald. Donald. Donald, Donald che- Cheadle. <laughs> Donald J. Duck. Uh, Don Cheadle. <laughs> oh, Donald. Oh, I thought you were making a Donald Trump reference. No. No. Don Cheadle. Like in House Donald, of Lies. Donald Cheadle. Don Cheadle, by the way, that's so weird. I didn't connect that. It was an accident. Donald Donald Cheadle plays Don Donald Duck in the, yeah. the Scrooge Scrooge McDuck show. Yeah, he does. Which is interesting. Yeah, I, th- I actually thought that's what you were referencing. No, I just coincidentally... Because I, I don't know, I instantly think this is a, not a good reference at this time, but Frank Underwood, when mm. I see that, that, that kind of breaking the fourth wall, but I feel like his name shouldn't be uttered. It's Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Jinx. Anyways. anyway, Simon. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a great movie. I do agree with you. Like the relationship between um, Sherlock and uh, Enola, it's, it's very well done. Interestingly, this movie, 
the, the I guess the producers of this movie or the writer of this movie or whatever got sued over um, sh- how Sherlock Holmes was acting. So this is Why? an interesting little tale. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know. So Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain, right? Right. However, the Sherlock Holmes that's in public domain is Sherlock Holmes that is a dick, like not a nice person. Doesn't have like like kind emotions. So what? I'm getting there. I'm getting. The story there. is sounding ridiculous. Keep going. It, but it's a true thing. So um, this movie got like again against sued due to due to Henry Cavill playing a nicer Sherlock, a Sherlock with nice emotions, which technically isn't in the public domain yet. There's a specific time. I forget what the year is exactly. There's a year where they actually switched how Sherlock Holmes acted. So the Sherlock Holmes that Henry Cavill was playing is yet to be in the public domain because he showed like kindness. Um, That's a ridiculous rule. Yeah, I know. It obviously didn't go anywhere. I think I, I know they are being sued, but I don't think like obviously they released the movie and I don't think they care because there's probably not much of a case against it. But that's a cool little, like, interesting tidbit that I uh, that I heard about prior to this movie's release. And I thought it would be a good thing to, an interesting little tidbit to bring up during our conversation about the film. Interesting. But yeah, if you just, like, Google search Enola Holmes, Sherlock Holmes, like, copyright sued thingamabob, you'll, you'll see articles. Gotcha. Uh, on, like, on Google, uh, like, through, like, AV Club and all those random uh, sites uh, kind of uh, listing the lawsuit itself. But yeah, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm really glad that this movie did come out, though, and it didn't get stopped by that outrageous sort of uh, court case that hasn't happened yet or probably will never happen. Right. But yeah, honestly, I just found this movie incredibly charming, and I really liked uh, where the story led. It it was unexpected. I didn't expect it to really go down the path that it goes on without getting into too much detail. The story takes an odd turn in terms of like the like where the mother goes. Again, I, I assumed that it was just going to be, you know, a young girl searching for her mother and, you know, uh, the mother might have some secrets that she's keeping, but you realize those secrets are actually fairly, uh, fairly dark. And again, it caught me incredibly off guard. I thought it was... Again, uh, the mother played by Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah. Good actors in this movie all, all around. I agree. There is no weak link, I don't think. I think even the, the dude, the little dude that she meets on her journey, I forget that guy's name or the actor... <laughs> Oh, the the name of the guy is fairly complex, and I I don't even want to indulge it here because it's, it's a very long name. The Duke something or other something 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 rather. We'll just leave it at the Duke. His name ends with Tewksbury. Oh yeah. It's, uh, his name is Lewis Partridge, the actor. I, didn't, I haven't seen him in anything. Me neither. Me neither. So I actually looked. Maybe uh, I have, but up. I don't recall. No, I looked him up, and I haven't seen a single thing he's been in. But he did a really good job. Yeah, I really liked the relationship between Anola uh, and. Uh, the Duke. Tewksbury? I'm going to keep him as the Duke. Um, but I, I like their relationship, and they played off each other uh, very well. I felt like they had great chemistry. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it led for a lot of like kind of funny moments. And it was kind of cool to see a, a role reversal, where instead of it being like, the man comes down and saves the woman's life, they kind of reverse it. And, you know, like they she do that a lot up. in this movie. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, they, they keep your expectations in check, I guess. Or I guess the opposite. There's just, there's a lot of surprises. And they're very, it's very delightful. There is a scene at the end, which kind of confused me. Not really in terms of plot being confusing, but there's like, a person gets murdered, and it it's kind of like just brushed under the rug. Like, it's not brought up again, really. Nobody's like traumatized over it. This person just dies, gets murdered. <laughs> 
and no one cares about it. No one really acknowledges it after the scene. And I found that incredibly confusing. At least, like, it just felt like a, a plot hole, in a sense. It, hmm. it, I just found it odd, personally. Interesting. And I, like, my, my lover also found it very odd. We just kept on joking about it. Yeah, I didn't find that confusing at all. No? No. I know what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah. Didn't, didn't seem jarring to me. <laughs> the dude gets his head bashed in, essentially, and nobody cares. What do you mean nobody cares? They don't even bring it up. And they're like, oh, man, that was pretty fun, eh? <laughs> I'm so glad we just killed this guy. <laughs> That's not what happened. <laughs> That's not what happened. I, I don't know. That seems like a mischaracterization. Maybe. But otherwise, I really I really enjoyed it. I think it's super cute, and I would love to see more of it. Me I feel too. Like yeah, I'd like to see it be a series. I think, like... Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill are the kings of Netflix at this point. It's it's them and Will Arnett, you know? Yeah. Like, Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill are both in arguably the most popular shows on Netflix. Witcher and The Stranger and, and the Yeah, Stranger and Stranger Things. Things. And now they're in a movie that probably will do quite well. I imagine it will it's do It's definitely well. a really fun movie. My favorite moment, moment overall in the movie, I'd argue, would be the moment... There's two moments that are really good. There's one moment where there's like a... There's like the brother-sister moment where Sherlock Holmes, again, is not a... A douchebag, which yeah. is great. And there's, it's a moment at the very end of the movie, you probably know what I'm talking about, where Henry Cavill just lets out a laugh. Love that moment. So well done. There's also another moment specifically, and it's in the trailer, so I'm just going to reveal it here, uh, where where she's introduced as a certain character because she's claiming she's a, another... Because she keeps disguising herself in various outfits. Which is super adorable. It's something about her that really is optimistic and that she just keeps pulling, picking herself back up. Even though everything in her life is basically hitting her down over and over again, her character, Enola Holmes, is just so optimistic and keeps picking herself back up over and over and over again. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's really awesome that way. But the moment where she's disguised, she walks into this mansion and somebody introduces her name and she's like, she looks at the camera and she's like, tis I. I like laughed out loud. And it's funny because that was in the trailer. And usually when there's a moment in a trailer and then they repeat it in the movie, I'm like, ah, I saw that. It loses trailer. its luster. And I didn't, it didn't lose its luster for me. I thought that was way better. And I, I don't know, her execution of that line in general, the breaking the fourth wall is my, again, one of my favorite parts. That again in the brother-sister moments. I just think that it's just really well executed. The chemistry between certain characters, like Henry Cavill and Millie Bobby Brown, and in this case, Tewksbury, played by Lewis Partridge. Pretty great. Partridge. So I'm excited to see more. I'm curious to see what they do. I think I they think can they... go from here. This wasn't like the, my favorite movie that I've seen on Netflix, necessarily, but I think that, well, that's... It's hard to really beat Marriage Story. Or, uh, that's okay, a really stupid. Well. That's a stupid statement. But this movie could be better. I think this is a good starting point for this series if they, you know, they, they continue it. Continue it. I think they will. I think they left it open enough that they will, and I think it's popular enough that they will continue it. It's getting incredibly great reviews. Like, yeah, it's like ninety something on Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Ru- as a note as well, I would actually, like, I would be okay if, again, the next release two movies, they release another Enola Holmes and Sherlock, or even have just Sherlock have more of a role in the next one, mm-hmm. just because that... Because you don't like movies no, starring women. They're both great. I knew it. They're just both great characters, and I never... You were the guy on I the internet. I don't really see Sherlock... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I don't really see Sherlock Holmes portrayed this way, and that's probably why, because of that lawsuit that came up. Yeah. It's, there's something really, tr- uh, like, cool about the way... I Actually, I wonder if... I don't even know if I want to see another Sherlock Holmes movie with him in it. Just, I maybe just want to see him have a better part in the next one. Just because their relationship is, what's so, is, is so unique and it's cool. And Sherlock is such a cool character. Any moment in any Sherlock Holmes movie, whether it be Robert Downey Jr. in... Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. 
in the Guy Ritchie movie specifically or the series, which I was curious actually if they're going to continue that. I think they announced the third one. <laughs> that was a while ago though. I'm, I'm not sure what's going yeah. on with that. But it seems like that could happen with Jude Law as, uh, as Watson. Yep. Oh yeah, Watson was notably absent here. He was. It'd be cool though, actually. Maybe she could be his Watson. Although, oh really? The cool thing about oh, really, Watson... Simon? <laughs> Women taking all the male roles now? Oh, my God. Choose a lane. Pick a lane, <laughs> damn it. Actually, it's weird because this particular Sherlock, unlike previous Sherlocks, doesn't necessarily need his Watson as much. Watson was almost like a Jiminy Cricket of sorts, or like, actually, to reference the boys, his canary. Yeah. In a way, because he's such an asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much in every iteration. He keeps him in check, essentially. Yeah. So I, I don't know if he needs his Watson as much in this iteration. But anyway, anyways, it'd be I nice digress. to see him. But my point before uh, was the idea of that deduction. The moment where you can see the wheels turning of any of these actors going through where they've done step by step how to solve a, a case. At the end of the movie, Sherlock did this. He did this multiple times when he's looking for uh, Helena Bonham Carter's character, uh, his mother. Yep. And so there's, there's those moments in any movie with this, or even The Mentalist, which is basically Patrick Jane, the character Patrick Jane is basically a Sherlock Holmes type character. That idea where they walk you through the, the things, the deductions, the, the clues that got them to the conclusion is satisfying to watch. I so. agree. Because they, they kind of do it throughout the journey of uh, Sherlock looking for Enola. And, uh, you know, there's one scene that sticks out to me is when he's reading the newspaper. And it's like two boys jump out of a train and it shows his face and he just does a quick smirk. And you can, like, just tell that he's he's realized, like, oh, no, like one of those boys was Enola. And they do, like, a lot of very subtle things. Yeah, he's um, realizing it the whole time. He kind mm-hmm. of figures it out because he's, like, well, as genius. intelligent as it gets. Yeah. He's Batman without the bat. He's just man. He's just man, dude. The world's greatest detective at the time. It's true. Mm-hmm. Buff. It's also buff Sherlock Holmes as well. Yeah, he can, guy can barely fit in his suits. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Henry Cavill's so... He's, he's such a big a, man. He's a large, muscular man. Yeah, I watched there's this... I don't know how it came up, but sometimes Instagram just like recommends things. And there was a, a video, and it was somebody building a PC. And it was Henry Cavill. I know. <laughs> Did you see this I, Yeah, well? I saw this video. I don't know if it's his posting on Instagram of him building a PC. But I he's think building he posted like a on monstrous, YouTube. A pretty great looking PC. He's got all of the best parts. I guess if you have, if you have like that much money, millions of <laughs> yeah, dollars, you can yeah. probably afford that. But he's a like notorious gamer, and that's why he wanted the Witcher role so much. It's because he loved the Witcher. I think he played it twice through what before getting the role. The role in the first get a movie. life, Henry. You know he does nothing else. He just well, games. It's funny because uh, there's that story about him how he almost missed the role of Superman because he was playing World of Warcraft. I didn't play. know that. I yeah, he was that. playing World of Warcraft, so he didn't answer the phone oh. when he got the call for Superman. And so it was to... not like it. W- it wasn't like he was just like you know only playing the game and he wasn't sleeping or eating and he dude. Would... Oh just, no, no. Like he he he's responsible, but he missed the phone call. Yeah, potentially. No, like he knew that his phone was ringing, but he just didn't oh. pick it up because he was playing World of Warcraft. Oh damn! It was one of those situations. Like he knew, and then he like checked it later and realized, and I guess his like agent reached out and like got on the gig after yeah he was just too busy playing uh, world of warcraft to even look at his fucking phone that was ringing which i thought was super cool yeah it's uh, he's a very human like he does a good job being like a very human famous person you know what i mean like kind of like the rock like there are like famous people where you look at where you're like i I, I would like that guy yeah they're relatable a little bit where you look at like bruce willis and bruce willis just looks like he fucking hates his life all the time maybe you know know. he he goes like he he takes a role in a movie and he just he barely acts anymore he just kind of just says his lines and off he goes really the only movie 
of recent memory that I feel like he actually tried to act in was was in Glass, which was the sequel to. What like, movie? What movie have you seen with him recently that you didn't like? I didn't see all of it, but that remake what was that movie called where he essentially just becomes a vigilante on the streets. It's a remake movie. It stars him. It doesn't matter. Whatever. I've seen scenes of that, and it is, he just seems like such an unenthusiastic guy. He just seems like he doesn't like what he does, and he's just doing it for the money. I didn't I get that him. impression. I don't blame okay. him. I don't blame him. I'll I give it to same. you. I haven't seen that many Bruce Willis films yeah. lately, specifically. But anyway. I uh, like the movie. Did you recommend it? Do you recommend it to no. uh, to your significant other, family, friends? No. After I, uh, after I finished watching it and said all these things about how much I liked <laughs> all it. All these positive things. I actually, don't no, recommend I, this movie. I despise it. Yeah. And, uh, honestly. No, I recommended it to my parents, and they watched it the next day. Oh, nice. Did yeah. they like it? Yeah. They're like, ah, now I don't like your taste in movies. No, no. My, uh, I know my mom liked it. I don't know. Maybe my dad didn't. Cool. I don't know. My dad probably just fell asleep. I didn't really ask him for his opinion. Gotcha. Alrighty then. He's a weird taste in movies. Let's move on to the news, shall we? No. Well, that's too bad. Number one. According to the Wall Street Journal, short-form streaming service Quibi is exploring strategic options due to their less-than-stellar debut into the streaming market over the past six months. Apparently... One of these options is a potential sale of the company. Quibi debuted in the beginning of April, and according to website Variety, Quibi is projected to sign up just shy of 2 million subscribers by the end of year one, which would unfortunately land them at 30% of their budgeted goal. Quibi was started by previous Disney chairman and previous co-founder of DreamWorks Animation, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Along with Quibi CEO Meg Whitman, Katzenberg has raised $1.75 billion to get the streaming service off the ground. Quibi is arguably the answer to a combo of both Netflix and TikTok. Each episode of their various star-studded TV shows are on average about 10 minutes and allows you to watch in either landscape or portrait mode on your smartphone. It's designed as a streaming service for those on the go, but it's launched just at the start of a global pandemic that forced many people to stay home. During this year's recent 72nd Emmy Awards, Quibi picked up 10 nominations and 2 wins for their various original series. Actors Lawrence Fishburne and Jasmine Cephas-Jones both won awards for the Quibi original series, Hashtag Free Rayshawn. Isn't it number sign Free Rayshawn? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Isn't it pound Free Rayshawn? That sounds even weirder. Yeah, it does sound weird. I, I didn't think about that until I said it. Let's, let's skip over this part. What do you yeah. think about this news, Adrian? That about is the fact that Well, we kind of talked more of a background on Quibi in this little blurb here, but the idea is, again, Quibi. they're thinking of strategic options to avoid, I don't know, complete bankruptcy and see if this content can be purchased elsewhere or some other such thing. Dude, didn't I say that in one of our like earlier episodes saying, like, man, they should just sell like Netflix or something? And so... Then- and then, yeah, you, you mentioned, like, how are they going to do that? Because the whole point of it is how quick it goes from portrait to landscape. Right. Uh, I did kind of mention that. Why? Is there a point on the end of that? Um, it seems like that they're looking into possibly selling their thing. Potentially their whole software. The thing is, is that I also read that they don't own the, the actual content. Wait, what? They, they own the licensing agreement for the content for only a few years. And then they lose the content. And then they don't own that anymore. What? How do you spend that much money and not own it? the licensing agreements. So I'm confused. Did they not fund these shows? Some of these movies, some of these shows, I should say, were a million dollars per episode to make for for 15-minute episodes. And they don't own any I think actually it's the Free Ray Sean one I was reading. I think it was that one that was a million dollars per episode. What? I know. Dude, okay, I know I talked highly of Quibi and I really like Quibi, but what are they doing? It seems like there's maybe a... 
problem with the way they funded this. What an incredible misstep. They, they don't pay own a lot. any Think of their the content. the creators that are making this, though. So, well, they own it now, kind of. It's a licensing agreement. Yeah, but they don't actually own it. Like, I don't know if they don't own anything, but a, a lot of it, from what I read, was licensing agreements. From That's absolutely ridiculous. I genuinely cannot believe that. That like I'm in shock right now. It seems like... What a mist. Well, least... the way their software works with the landscape, the portrait, things like that, that stuff is all obviously their own property. That's but... amazing. No, it's amazing. Like, that's amazing. But if you don't own anything to show... I, I understand that they have the licenses for these for a few years. Yeah. But if they get they removed, do. where like where would they go? Where do you even watch it without the software behind it? At the very least, own these properties. Like, own the IPs. It just seems like such an incredible misstep. I'm no, you know, money guy. I'm not a marketing genius. I have no background in in business. But that at a surface level seems like such a foolish and ridiculous decision. Am I wrong? Am I am I am I projecting? Am, am I am I acting crazy right now? The thing is is that I don't know the statistics for the content owned by Netflix even. Like so I am assuming that they own their content, but their Netflix I, original I stuff. I just didn't look into how long they actually own it and whether the Producers of said content actually owns the rights at a certain point, hmm. a number of years. I'm not certain. So that's the only thing. So I I can't speak to that. I don't know <laughs> if that is crazy because of that thought. Let's take a brief second and actually look this up just briefly to see how long Quibi owns the rights to their current content. I found it. Yeah, I think I found the same one you did. So creators and studios own the intellectual property, and they reclaim the rights to the content after it's licensed to Quibi for seven years. After two years, Quibi's creator partners have the rights to reassemble the episodes into a single movie for distribution in another window. Isn't that That is from Variety. That's crazy. That is the... I can't believe that. I think if you're looking at the same article I am, it also says that Quibi is spending up to $100,000 per minute. What? Or $6 million per hour. Oh my god. Episodes. It's like the most expensive content ever. Like Game of Thrones is like a few million dollars per episode. I'm, it's, it's hour and a bit, some, some of them. How? Dude, yeah. I'm actually like at a loss There's something words. wrong with this. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you think? You think? I kind of understand. Honestly, though, the thing about this is that they could be doing well. If the pandemic didn't happen, it, in general, like you know what I mean. Like yeah, we talked guess. about this before, we, we value Quibi. I argue. I think there's. I a like value Quibi. There. They need to lower the price, but maybe that's why the price is so high. They can't even afford anything because they realize they won't be able to make their money back because they're gonna lose content before they can make enough subscribers to get there. Jesus Christ! I, I don't know. It's I'm, I'm genuinely like I I can't believe that. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, and like. Any sort of defense I have for Quibi, I just feel like it's thrown out the window. The business decisions specifically are problematic, but the actual content and the way it's performed or presented, I should say. It's cool. It's It's cool. Great. But I'm just going to wait seven years for everything. Or I guess two years, like until they reassemble it. Because like, is it my understanding that they can reassemble it in two years and then redistribute it as a full movie in two years as opposed to... I didn't read the full thing that you read. So after two years, Quibi's creator partners have the rights to reassemble the episodes into a single movie for distribution in another window. So in two years, everything that's posted on Quibi can be re-released to a different streaming service as one big chunk as opposed to like separated episodes. That's kind of nuts if you think about it. I don't know. That's the just wait 2 years for everything. It's it's odd because so many of these Well, they TV may not shows, do that though. If Quibi was popular, I'd imagine they wouldn't create it 
and then sell it off to like Amazon Prime. But why wouldn't you? Because you can just make double the money then. You already own the rights. It's going to be on Quibi for another five years. Maybe they'll renegotiate after the two years. Mm, I don't know. We don't know how how the contracts actually work. That's true. I'm not a contractor. (laughs) That's also fair. Anyways, I I don't know. Yeah, this is a a curious case. I want them to succeed because I like the the format a lot. It's cool. Just lower your price if you're giving us ads. It makes no sense to charge. What is it now? Six ninety nine, seven ninety nine. Dude, I don't know. I, I I did the free trial for the no ads version. I did the ads version because I don't care about the ads. There only there's only one ad before the content starts, and that doesn't bother me. But you can't charge me money and then also do ads, and it can't be nine ninety nine a month because Disney Plus is less than that. Disney Plus is seven ninety nine, so you cannot charge mm-hmm. me nine ninety nine for no ads because Disney Plus is more content out of the gate, and it's got top tier creators just like Quibi does. So again, you have to. Look at yourself in the market, just like friggin' Mulan being $30 as a rental on Disney+. Plus. You have to take a look on the outset and say, can we make it like this? And is this extremely pretentious of us? And then say, oh, wait, we can't make it $9.99 because Disney Plus exists. Let's make it less money. I get the format's unique, but it's still not relevant. And plus, you're again, you're... You're in a space that's competing. You think I think they're thinking that they're competing with nobody because they're supposed to be a streaming service on the go, but they've had to bend that rule. They added casting and airplay support because they can't survive without it because everyone's at home. So, yeah, it's sad. It sucks. I I feel... I do want to watch Free Ray Sean, though. Sorry, hashtag Free Ray Sean. Pound Free Ray Sean. I agree. Because uh, that's really cool. And Jasmine Cephas Jones, we just talked about her for blind spotting, so that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know what's actually kind of cool as well? No. I don't know of anything else that is cool. At all? At all. Ever. Mm-hmm. Period. Full stop. Ron Cephas Jones, uh, an actor who's also in various things, but uh, he's in Mr. Robot. He's obviously, well, not that obvious, I guess, but Cephas Jones is a kind of a unique name. It's Jasmine Cephas Jones' father. They both won an Emmy, and they actually made history by being the first father-daughter duo to both win an Emmy in the same ceremony, or the same Emmy Awards. So that's kind of a neat concept. So they both won. That's super cool. In the same year. And they're like photographed with their, their Emmys. It's kind of cool. That's kind of that's that a sweet little wholesome mm-hmm. story. Sweet little trivia for you. Moving on to number two. Yes. As reported by website Deadline, director James Gunn will be developing an HBO Max spin-off TV series based upon the character Peacemaker from his new Suicide Squad movie. Actor John Cena will reprise his role from the film to star in this eight-episode series that will be written by and will also mostly be directed by James Gunn himself. When interviewed about the new series, James Gunn said, quote, Peacemaker is an opportunity to delve into current world issues through the lens of this superhero, supervillain, and world's biggest douchebag. I'm excited to expand the Suicide Squad and bring this character from the DC film universe to the full breadth of a series. And of course, to be able to work again with John, Peter, and my friends at Warner Brothers is the icing on the cake. Unquote. Adrian, what do you think of this Peacemaker news? This is kind of interesting. The only real issue that I had with it is i guess we know peacemaker survives the suicide squad Does unless he, it's a prequel? a prequel you don't know i don't know because but i, I guess you're saying this because there's this idea that there's so many of these supervillain superhero type people in the suicide squad and there's an obvious i feel like inkling that a lot of them are gonna die you mean i hope when, pokemon you, i hope you mean polka when, dot man i hope he survives but 
you know, Peacemaker could be, you know, biting the bullet. Yeah. Do you mean the inkling of James Gunn saying, don't get too attached because a bunch of these people are going to die? Yeah. Ah, yeah. The inkling, like the direct statement that he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I got the inkling from the direct statement, actually. Understood. I kind of surmised. I uh, You did a good it. job, man. I inferred it. Honestly, I'll allow it. All out. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's cool. I, I like how they're expanding the DCEU with more like TV shows. Technically, the Batman isn't part of the DCEU, but it's cool. Again, they're expanding these. It is, though, remember? Oh, because the multiverse. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah. That's confusing. Anyways, I don't, I'm, I'm happy. It's cool. I, I like how they're expanding on these ideas and giving us more of what I assume we will want and like. You're finally putting these into the hands of... Again, I like Batman v Superman. I like Man of Steel. But you're 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 giving these movies to people that have a direct vision, and you're not making them adjust it, if that makes any sense, and allowing them to expand on it in a greater way. So with Matt Reeves and the Batman, and then giving him that Gotham PD show, it's super cool. And then now with this, you know, giving James Gunn his own TV series that he can run for uh, Peacemakers is again really awesome, as opposed to you know having Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, and then kind of shoving Zack Snyder aside and making, you know, Joss Whedon overtake it, if that makes any sense, in a tonal and total hodgepodge of shit. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you're saying that they're they're giving creators their creative freedom. Yes. More so now than maybe, maybe they learned their lesson. I hope they do. I hope they do. Again, and I think that also goes with Patty Jenkins in in Wonder Woman as well, you know. Yeah, have fun with it, DC executives. Like, uh, Just let them DC do their executives. thing, man. That's stop, what people uh, want. Stop, you know, pigeonholing the things that you think that people want. Likely, the creators are going to probably know better. Otherwise, why did you hire them? Exactly. I don't think James Gunn's the type of director that would take any of that shit. I think he would just leave. It's like, ah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done with this. Thank you for, uh, thank you for trying to tell me exactly how to make my movie. I'm gonna go make Guardians Three. Goodbye. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, this is exciting for sure. Also, have you seen the photos of Peacemaker? He looks ridiculous. Yeah, he does. He's wearing the most ridiculous helmet. I've I ever really seen. like it. I think it's so funny. <laughs> I can't believe they're making eight episodes about this character. I'm very excited for this. It's exciting because I, ho- I hope they're two hour long episodes just to His mess gun us. also looks stupid too. They're all really shiny. Like he's wearing like <laughs> tinfoil elements to his helmet it's it's stupid looking anyway i like i like it yeah i uh i feel like it's gonna be a really fun time i think it's gonna be hilarious i think john cena has some really good like comedic chops uh which is surprising i think john cena is a great actor i really like him and stuff uh everything that i've really seen him in or at least took the time to watch um that he's in and i obviously love james gunn guardians is fantastic and I'm sure the Suicide Squad will be absolutely awesome as well. So this is super cool. It's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too. Number three. As followed by publication The Hollywood Reporter, director Zack Snyder is gearing up for some reshoots for his HBO Max director's cut of 2017's Justice League. The reshoots will reportedly require Ben Affleck's Batman, Henry Cavill's Superman, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, and Ray Fisher's Cyborg, and take approximately one week to shoot. 2017's Justice League movie was initially a Zack Snyder-directed affair, but this had to change when Snyder stepped away for a family emergency. Joss Whedon was then tapped as the director to finish the project, but unfortunately the finished product was received poorly by fans and critics alike. The HBO Max director's cut is officially being launched as a four-hour miniseries and will respect Snyder's initial vision for the project. Some of the stuff we just touched on in the last Mm -hmm. little news story there... 
But I will say there's some conflicting reports about Henry Cavill doing the reshoots and not doing the reshoots. So I, I just left it in there because this was from that Hollywood Reporter article. And then somebody else reported that Henry Cavill was in an interview about Enola Holmes and confirmed that he wasn't doing the reshoots. But I don't know. The Hollywood Reporter didn't seem to correct this by the time of our taping for this uh, particular episode of our podcast. So I just left it in. Uh, and there's also there's the, the whole controversy with Ray Fisher Cyborg going on like simultaneously with these reshoots. Mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. So I guess they're going to... They're not dealing with Joss Whedon, so I'm not sure that it necessarily matters, but it's kind of interesting that they would invite him back because they'd have to pay him money while he's like throwing shade on the whole Warner Media uh, situation. And then there was also the concept that this costs an astronomical amount of money. Is it $70 million? <laughs> Yeah, did you write that as a note? No, I just remember that number. Yeah, it is $70 million according to someone. I'm not sure if that's accurate, and so I legitimately didn't put it here in my story because I found a bunch of sources saying that, but it weren't necessarily like sources as reputable as The Hollywood Reporter. Oh, yeah, it was We Got This Covered? No, I, I didn't find We Got This was Covered. Was it Cosmic Book News? Cosmic Book. Yeah. Oh, it I never also seen... ComicBookMovie.com. ComicBookMovie.com. Is that bad, though? That uh, they're website? clickbait-y. They are a little clickbaity, but I find that oftentimes what they report is correct. From looking at the corresponding stories for Variety or Deadline, usually I find that they line up fairly well. But again, they're you're called comicbook.com. I don't know if that's that really represents yeah, I don't you know. as a, I as a great are. source for TV show and movie news necessarily. But Probably not. But anyways, what do you think about this news in general? HBO Max, uh, the director's cut uh, of Justice League, of course, we're excited for that. Yeah. Well, what do you think about... The news of doing the one week of reshoots because initially that wasn't going to be the plan. This was going to be like it was going to cost about twenty to thirty million, if I recall, and they were just going to f- use the footage he already shot. Yeah, and, and just have it. voiceover. And so now CG. This of course is again becoming a four hour miniseries, a four episode or four part miniseries, or that's the plan anyway. And so I guess they're again creating content that mm-hmm. did, they didn't already shoot. Is it? Will it be seventy million? Because that seems really high. And then it, that's more money than we're going to make in our lifetime, probably. Why would it cost that? It doesn't I don't know. seem right. Maybe just to pay the actors to come back. Like, I don't know, Ben that's Affleck. a lot, though. They were all, like, on board with this. Maybe it's because they're getting a big paycheck. Yeah. I don't know. I thought they were on board with this because they, they really did want... Because they, they all released on their Twitter. They all said... Hashtag Free Rayshon. They all posted. <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you say hashtag Free Rayshon? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag... <laughs> release the snyder cut cut. yeah Uh, i I had to like do a double take i wasn't sure what you said but we were just talking about that so i was like yeah that's what they they posted hashtag free rishon yeah i don't know uh one glaring omission is ezra miller yeah no for sure oh and uh, jason momoa oh yeah jason momoa as well i'm not sure what the deal is with that i was i kept looking at other articles to see who else was reporting this i'm not certain i became more and more uncertain of whether i should use this there was like a lot of confusion Again, where is Jason Momoa? I guess they just didn't need him for the reshoots, or there's just missing. They maybe forgot who was in the Justice League movie. Yeah, it's possible. It's a pretty forgettable <laughs> movie. But anyways, I'm curious about this, and I'm curious to follow this and see how much it does cost in the end, and how actually how well it does for HBO Max. It's interesting. I was reading. I was another article again while I was hunting for backup facts for who was going to be in it. Yes, I think it was a Polygon article, or regardless, who cares about that part? If you read down in the comments. The comments were like, oh, 70 million. 
oh, who even wants to see this movie? Who even wants to watch this movie? I don't want to watch this movie. This is such a waste. All the way through, no one was saying anything positive. But I was then I was, I was thinking this Polygon is like one of the worst websites on. on maybe, but I bet you if you look and people, there'll be this concept of it's seventy people, millions of wastes, but. It's way easier to write things about you, like or talk and negatively write, and yeah. get better, get likes or upvotes. So I would probably agree with that. The other thing about it is that that concept. Just to be clear, it seems unlikely that no one wants to see this. If legitimately there was a hashtag, one of the most popular hashtags in like for an unreleased it, movie ever. Isn't it the most popular hashtag for I, for a unreleased movie? or a movie or an unreleased movie? At least according to Zack Snyder. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's this, definitely something that people are anticipating. And 100%, are man. For. I can't wait. I'm I'm so incredibly excited for this. As and, a note as well, more and more I've seen that HBO is supporting the concept that they're not obviously just releasing this on HBO Max and that they are looking to shop this elsewhere right now in the international market. Yeah, like international so distribution. Arguably in Canada, I, I'm taking a wild guess and saying it's, it's going to be on Crave. Well, American Pickle, as an example, came out on Crave the same day as it came out on HBO Max. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. So, agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> um, American Pickle, of course, being the movie about a man who gets pickle brined and lives for a hundred years past his, his prime. <laughs> it's outlandish. Starring Seth Rogen. It is outlandish. That's the point, Adrian. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, that's okay. That's fair. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, 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 I'm okay with this. Give Zack Snyder free reign. Let him do, let him make his vision. Let him update the vision that he already had. Release the Snyder Cut. I'm all in. I'm all in, baby. I am not worried about this. Worst case, it's going to be just as good as the Justice. It can't be worse than the. Oh no! It can't. No, no. And I don't know. Sure. I like. I know the types of movie movies I like. I like pretty much every Zack Snyder movie I've ever watched, and by pretty much I have. Even um, I think I mentioned it uh, before. Uh, what's that? Sucker name? Punch. Yeah, Sucker Punch. E- even that movie, I enjoyed enough. I know it's pretty mindless and not much happens but it's a nice like visual movie i I enjoyed it and if they continue the tone that's in man of steel and batman v superman hell yeah let's get it let's get it i would spend money on this oh and i will spend money on this through my crave subscription (laughs) i'd buy it if it didn't 100 the problem with hbo again oftentimes is when they don't release things on a streaming service they just don't release it they don't make it available on things like itunes or google play which has been the biggest frustration. So hopefully they do shop it elsewhere properly on time and we get it on time or at least make it available for me to buy. Take my money, please. Let me buy it if you, you if that's what you require. How much how much are you spend on this? $50. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, the reason why I say this is like a mini series, so I, I would accept that, but not $50 on top of a streaming service. Let's be clear. Yeah. $50 and I own it. I'm not renting it. So I'm not a hypocrite. Uh, Mulan $30 on top of a streaming service I'm paying $8 a month for that I won't even own if I cancel Disney Plus. Makes no sense. Still, it will never make sense. The reason $50 again is because it's such a long... I think it's going to be more than four hours as well. Like I'd be slightly more than that, I'd argue. I'd argue. Mm -hmm. You heard me. I'd argue. I did. I just didn't want to call you out on it. Yeah, I would rather not be $50. But... I will. Like That would be the max though for me. That would be the max. The HBO HBO Max. Max, dude. (laughs) All righty. Number four. As noted by the Washington Post, Disney has decided to move most of their 2020 theatrical release slate to 2021. Most notably, Marvel's Black Widow starring Scarlett Johansson has been moved to May of 2021, while director Chloe Zhao's 
Eternals film has been pushed back to November of 2021. Despite reports that Mulan has done particularly well for Disney as a digital rental in Disney+, these theatrical release movements certainly signal a Disney belief that the theatrical experience is currently still invaluable. As reported by website The Verge, Disney CFO Christine McCarthy said that, quote, We've got a pretty robust slate through 2021. We hope theaters are open, and we hope our films are films that are for the people who choose to go to movie theaters. The experience of going to a theater is very different from what you would have at home, unquote. Considering Disney made nearly $3 billion at the box office in 2019 alone, it does make sense that Disney, of all distributors, would value the theater-going experience. Alongside the Marvel movies being bounced around to new release dates, the Kenneth Branagh-directed Death on the Nile has also been moved from October 2020 to a week before Christmas of this year, and Steven Spielberg's West Side Story has been moved to December of 2021 from its previous December 2020 release date. Pixar movie Soul has notably not been moved yet from its November 2020 release date. Adrian, what do you think of these films being pushed back? I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's nice to know that Mulan may be a one-and-done. However, yeah, that's with, for sure. with Pixar's Soul not being moved, I, I can see that being one of those, oh, what do they call it? You know what I mean? The premiere experience. Yeah, the premiere premier plus. Experience. No, I hope not. Me too. That's what I want to see, and I'm not paying $30. Definitely not. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I can, they did uh, speak I can do it without Poulon. This. It seems like they, are, they do believe it was successful. Poulon. From what it seems like. But then again, they moved this. so it's Poulon. It's like a mixed message I'm getting. From one side, they're saying it's successful, and then the other side, they moved all of their movies. Like If they did this with the Mulan situation with Black Widow, I'd argue way more people would buy it for Dude, $30. Dude, it would crush it. But I think um, with Bulan, it's not doing well. Like as far as I'm aware, it did not do well in China at all. In theatrically, you mean? Theatrically, yeah. Uh, did it do well? Is Disney Plus in China? Do they have streaming services well, in China? I'm not even being facetious. They wouldn't know. be able to have it in China if they released in theaters, though. Keep that in mind. That was part of the rule. Mm. Well, at least what they were saying initially, they said they wouldn't release the movie in theaters to any markets that have Disney Plus. That was the that was what they said. So maybe um, they have both, but I don't think so. Interesting. Hard to know. I, I well, it's not that hard to know. We could do a quick search and see if there's. I'm not going to Disney Plus in China. I'm not going to do it. I doubt there's anything in China. You can't even use the internet. Yeah, you can. What do you mean? Can you? You're just you're just yanking my chain here. Yeah, I, they can't use like Facebook or any social media like that. Like they have their own internet. Disney has not yet launched the service in Asia, at all. Anywhere Apparently. in Asia? Well, that was since. I don't know what date that was. Oh, that was in September. Although, who the heck is this website? Disney Club. Let's just say no. In China specifically, I'm just looking down these this quick Google search. China. Not currently available in China, Disney Plus. And that's, that's fair. one of the reasons it's launched as a theatrical release in China. But yeah, interesting for sure. I'm excited to see Seoul, so I'm curious to see what happens. I think they're just going to end up moving it. That's why I think it will actually happen. Or maybe they'll just put it on... Disney Plus, like they did with uh, oh, Pixar's like, My Dad's a Pair of Pants. Right, onward. I like my name better, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Soul, actually, interestingly, when I looked it up, I, I was interested to see that Soul is directed by Pete Docter, who directed Up. And mm. so I'm even more excited for Soul now. I didn't realize that. I can't wait to cry. Yeah, I know. I'm, yeah, this is going to be really cool. Soul stars cool. Jamie Foxx and David Diggs, by the way. Oh, I didn't know David Diggs was in that. I knew uh, Jamie Foxx was. And I really I really like Jamie Foxx. I really like Jamie Foxx. Every time I see him in any role, 
I really, I just like watching him. Neat. I, I like really liked voice. him actually in Baby Driver. I loved him in Baby Driver, dude. That, yeah. That's the movie I was thinking of. I, and as as flawed as Project Power was, like him and Joe Gorlev did a really great job. The acting in that movie was not the issue. It was just the plot itself. But I think like yeah. they both did I, I a really great job. Um, I kind of liked him in Amazing Spider-Man too. I just didn't like I did, the movie at all. I, I his because his acting is so drastically different from. He's so great. His from other movies he's been in yeah so it's kind of cool that way he's just like a big nerd in it yeah i don't know i still i haven't seen amazing spider-man since pretty much it released but i remember liking that movie maybe i'll go amazing back Spider-Man and, 2 you mean yeah yeah sorry like amazing. i liked amazing spider-man 1 I yeah, me it was too. pretty cool it was a good start off for that series the new andrew garfield version of spider-man but i just feel like the second one was flawed and full of junk but anyway. yeah i remember enjoying it at the time but I'm probably in the minority. I'm definitely in the minority, actually. I shouldn't even say probably. I definitely am. I had fun with it. I had fun with it. I'm shrugging my shoulders. You can't see it, but I'm shrugging my shoulders. I had fun with it, you know? He's not doing that. He's not shrugging his shoulders. Now he's he's not doing it even harder. You can see. Yeah, you're doing it. Don't give yourself a backache. Come on. But this, is, this, this whole number four news story is just sad, ain't it? The coronavirus is just getting I mean, worse. it bums me out, definitely. Tenet just didn't do well enough. It was like the testing ground, and it, most places are kind of saying that it didn't do well. I, I feel like I don't. I feel like it did do well theoretically, just because it didn't do well in the U.S. specifically. I think it only made like up to forty million in the U.S. Ugh. Whereas everywhere else, yeah, forty chump change. That's right for a movie of that size. When you crash a real plane into a building, you know, yeah, there was that. But anyways, I was, I was about to make an incredibly offensive joke. I'm going to just stop it from there, though. Trying to think about where you were going to go with that, but let's move on. Number five. According to Deadline, a spinoff series is being created at Amazon Studios based upon TV series The Boys. The spinoff will be showrun by The Boys executive producer Craig Rosenberg and will take a closer look at a Vought-run college for soups. It has been described as, quote, part college show, part Hunger Games, unquote, as college students' soups compete to get contracts to become the protectors of the most popular cities in the United States. Season 2 of The Boys has been an enormous success for Amazon, having had the most-watched premiere episodes of an Amazon original series so far. Remarkably, Season 2 has also raked in 89% more viewers than Season 1. That's... That's super cool. Why did 89% of people uh, skip the first season? I think what they're saying with this statistic is that they actually jumped in to season one to watch it when season two aired. Yeah. I know, I was being facetious. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. This is awesome. This is really good news. The Boys is fantastic. I know uh, Seth uh, Rogen and Evan Goldberg are still um, executive producing. Eric Kerpke, who's a showrunner of the original Boys, he is also going to be executive producing this spinoff show. The idea about it being a part college show, which kind of reminds me of like X-Men, but R-rated, you know, uh, Xavier's School for Gifted Kids or whatever the hell it's called. For some reason, um, my mind and Hunger Games right away went to Monsters University. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. what I thought. Just an R-rated Monsters University. Well, they're they're like at this job now. They're at the job in the actual seasons one and two. They're oh. like there, and like now we're going to go backtrack to a prequel in which they're in school for this job. I don't think this is a prequel. I don't think it's them in it. I know. I just, yeah. that's what I, my instant instinct initially went to. Oh, I follow you. But yeah, no, this is cool. This is a really fun idea. I, like, I'm actually like excited for this. I'm usually not, like, I mean, I, I like spinoffs, you know, Better Call Saul is a fantastic spinoff, things like that. But this just seems like a stellar idea, and it's just going to be a blast. 
because they they can just make some ridiculous you know characters with ridiculous powers and then just kill them off randomly or have them kill each other and do you know do episode uh, four of Harry Potter you know but more death it's just I think this is a stellar idea I'm very excited yeah it's kind of interesting I'm I'm excited for it too it's a good show it's pretty it's a great. really great show it's a great idea for a show as well and it's kind of interesting to have a superhero show be rated R in general. It's it's a refreshing take on this kind of genre. It's definitely, I think, mm-hmm. worth a watch, like season two, season one. Watch, of order. course, watch in season order. two first because yeah. you got to be part of the 89%. But, but you know, it's no, it's it's awesome. And I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with the spinoff. I'm kind of curious. I kind of wish it was, no offense to Rosenberg, I just don't have as much perspective on Rosenberg that I do on Eric Kripke because we obviously see what Eric Kripke has pulled off. I'm hoping yeah. it's not in like Supernatural a, seasons one through five, or you know the, the boys. boys. Oh yeah, of course. Has uh, Craig Ferguson done anything other than <laughs> Craig Ferguson? <laughs> Craig Rosenberg? Yeah, that guy. Has he done anything else? I would say that he hasn't done that much. He's definitely he's written some episodes of Preacher, but oh. it's, it's kind of light on the amount that he's done in the last few years. So that's kind hmm. of why. Again, Eric Kripke, we know exactly what he's going to do with this kind of flavor. And I guess we kind of have a brief idea because Rosenberg has done Preacher episodes. Yeah. So we don't really know exactly. But again, this doesn't mean anything. Like, I feel like if anything's to show like an example of this, the directors that Marvel chooses to direct their movies are sometimes just untested. We have no idea. Like James Gunn, before he did Guardians... You did what was it called? Super, super, which is Wilson. a pretty crazy movie. Not a bad movie, by the way. It's good, but they're all indie movies, and they're all kind of like out there. Or Slither, never watched Slither. But yeah, these movies are very like unique, and they're they're not bad. Actually, I like Super. It's kind of kind of a neat idea. Shut up, crime. It's the tagline. Huh? Shut up, crime. Shadow you, crime. Shut up. Shut you. Shut up. Shut up, crime. You shut up, man. I was trying to. Anyways, I was trying to ask you a question. You're asking crime a question? No, because... I feel like that joke fell flat. I'm sorry. Well, you said, shut up crime. I was like, oh, shadow crime? And then you're like, no, shut up. Oh, I see. Do you think the listener at home really got that, though? I think so, and I think it's on you. You've been... now we're bantering about this. You've been missing all my jokes this entire episode. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to stay focused on the facts here. I don't want to confuse anyone. All right, Ben Shapiro, let's keep it going. Oh, come on. Facts don't care about your feelings. I didn't say that. Anyways, that movie actually, just a side note on Super, is actually interesting to watch in that it kind of is a similar idea to what Kick-Ass is, in that what if superheroes were kind of real and the concept of like people could die fairly easily. It's it's worth watching because shit hits the fan in that movie so quick and you're like, whoa, uh, I don't think these people should be vigilantes anymore. Kind of, kind of scenario. I, I think it's worth watching. But yeah, he's done a bunch of movies before Guardians and then he just lifted off from guardians because he got we also got a budget and like that helps i think any director do anything is he suddenly got a, like a multi-million dollar budget instead of like 10 million or whatever those movies were made for but yeah i i'm curious to see what happens here excited to see the monsters university of the the boys universe yeah i'm curious when we're gonna get this because it's saying that it's being fast-tracked by amazon but can you even film can you even get the like? Can you even cast people? Well, like, people are filming now more so than ever. Like, yeah. they're all of the film. Well, not all of them, but a lot of the film sets. Film sets are reopened. Yeah, I guess that's fair. You're, you know what? You're right. I'm just being a pessimist. I should look forward to this. I should be. I should be optimistic. We're gonna get this next month. That's how fast track they're doing this next month. I, I'm gonna bet on oh, it. Oh, fast track doesn't like it's gonna happen. It's they're gonna get into a time machine and create it 
actually they were going to create it at the beginning of the pandemic. That's yeah. how fast track this is. They're going to get into the DeLorean and build it before the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back in time. That It's that fast. It's back in time. It's crazy, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable now on to the bro. montage. A sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one. According to Deadline, actress Tiffany Haddish has been cast in the Nicolas Cage-starring film The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, in which Nicolas Cage will play a fictional version of himself as he navigates his career. This must be a comedy. Number two. As reported by Variety, HBO's Emmy-winning TV series Succession will begin filming season three in October of this year. Won a bunch of Emmys. Number three. As noted by The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix show Dark Crystal Age of Resistance has been cancelled after one season just after winning Outstanding Children's Program at the 72nd Emmy Awards. That that show in general just seems so unsettling looking at it. Just from the outside looking in, it looks unsettling, and I don't want anything to do with it. I'm glad it got canceled. It's a McDonald's ball pit, my friend. Number four. According to Variety, season six of the CW show Supergirl will be its last season and will air in 2021 for its final 20-episode run. No. Not another one. These shows keep on ending. Number five. As reported by website IGN, distributor Disney and showrunner Tony Gilroy have tapped award-winning Black Mirror director Toby Haynes to direct the first few episodes of the Star Wars Castian Andor-focused TV series. Yeah, I don't really care. (laughs) Number six. As Variety has reported, Ben Stiller and Patricia Arquette are reteaming up to create a half-hour Apple TV Plus comedy series called High Desert. The show will follow Arquette's character Peggy, who seeks out a fresh start as a private investigator after the death of her mother. Aww, that's, I hope, that's sad. I hope uh, she makes it through it. I hope she does a good job in her private investigating. It's a comedy. Number seven, as reported by website Collider, the Antoine Fuqua directed film, The Guilty, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, has been purchased by Netflix for $30 million. The film is an adaptation of a 2018 Danish movie and is a crime thriller written by true detective showrunner Nick Pizzolatto. Hmm. Antoine Fuqua did those Equalizer movies with Denzel Washington, father of John David Washington, my new favorite actor and that I want in everything. Number eight. As reported by Variety, Disney Plus is developing a Samuel L. Jackson starring Nick Fury TV series with Mr. Robot writer Kyle Bradstreet set as showrunner. That, this one's interesting, but is it actually a Nick Fury TV series? All I remember being confirmed is that it's starring, like Samuel L. Jackson will be in it. But I, I never saw confirmation that it's going to be a Nick Fury TV series, and then people just started reporting on it. Is that actually a thing? Do we know? We'll find out, I guess. Number nine. According to Deadline, Disney Pixar is being sued by Evil Knievel's son over the Keanu Reeves voiced Toy Story 4 character Duke Kaboom carrying some potential similarities to his late father. Good luck with that one. Number 10. As reported by Variety, actress Yara Shahidi has been cast as Tinkerbell in Disney's upcoming Peter Pan and Wendy movie that is also set to star Jude Law as Captain Hook. Oh my goodness. Man, women taking roles of other women. This is getting unacceptable. Feminism is ruining the industry. You hear me? You hear me right now? And 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 she, she's a she's a, a black woman taking a taking a, a, a fairy role. This is unbelievable. Tinkerbell's a fairy, right? Yes. And that concludes the montage. I was being facetious. I just, I need everyone to know this. Obviously, I don't believe that. Make sure we we clarify. You know, we get people up in arms. But that was actually the, some of the headlines on the, 
specifically about Shahidi playing Tinkerbell was, you know. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. But they weren't talking about a woman taking another woman's <laughs> role. I didn't know where you were going with that. I wasn't sure if you knew that she was black as well. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I wasn't certain. I'm just not surprised. <laughs> you know, like, I, like, obviously, people are complaining about that. Was somebody complaining about it? I'm sure there. I'm sure there are people. Oh. I, I guarantee you, if I open up Google and just search, somebody is Tinkerbell, blah blah blah. blah there's going to be some random site, huh? Cosmic Book News. Cosmic is that a real thing? That is an actual website. It's one of these like clickbait websites, but it's like led by definitely some 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 weird simp that uh, constantly is upset about women ruining everything. Constantly, whoever whoever the writers are on that uh, website, it's just Jesus. It's like the reason why Captain Marvel was a failure is because of Brie Brie Larson's constant thing. Yeah, that million dollar movie is a failure. Billion dollar. Yeah, <laughs> that million only made a million dollars. <laughs> it is. Yes, a, it, it is. A yeah, failure. I know it is a failure. It only made a million dollars. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it's crazy to think like how many Marvel movies have made a billion bucks. Yeah, yeah. at least one of them, Captain Marvel. <laughs> Captain Marvel, yeah, it's wild. That movie, billion dollars. It's pretty shocking. It's not even that great. Wonder Woman didn't make a billion dollars. I know. Wonder Woman is a better it's movie. A better, it's a better movie, yeah. Yeah. And you want to know why? Because Gal Gadot isn't a vocal feminist. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop it. Okay, let's move on to the new releases for this week. I got new releases for you. Oh, boy. That means you're Still gay. going with that. <laughs> <laughs> and you went the full line. Yeah. The full line. All right. Go Anyways, on. so we have a few movies coming out. This is for the week of September 27th to October a date. I think it's the third. I wrote it down. Let me look. I didn't put it in the notes. I just put it in my personal notes. October the 4th. Wait. Yeah. So yeah, releasing September 28th to October the 4th. I was wrong. So these are movies releasing from September. The first movie coming out, it's releasing on September 29th, is a movie called... Just cut yourself short there. Also, I was going to question whether you start your weeks on Sunday or, or Monday. Monday. Okay, thank you. When the when the episode airs. Gotcha. But I'm pretty sure it's been inconsistent weeks prior. Right, so from now on, you start your week... On the Monday. From the Monday. Yes. Okay, cool. Monday through Sunday. Let's see if you can keep that up. I'll try my best. Alrighty. But what I'm pretty got? sure I messed it up. What do we got with this first title? This first movie is called Snow Babies. No W at the end of snow. What? This was... It's unacceptable. Just stop. I know. Next movie. Okay, yeah. So the next movie coming out is a movie called Welcome to Sudden Death. This is uh, confirmed by Movie Insider and the trailer itself. Did I say these movies are coming out September 29th? Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay, cool. So they're coming out September 29th. This uh, Welcome to Sudden Death movie is an action movie where a former Special Forces guy is a security guard at a basketball stadium. And a group of people plant bombs in the stadium for whatever reason— so he has to save the day, of course. And for whatever reason, his daughter is in that stadium. She just happens to be there that, that exact day. The trailer was pretty unclear and just showed some action scenes. This is coming out on Video On Demand. The next movie coming out is a movie called Alien Addiction. This was also confirmed by Movie Insider and the trailer itself. So this is a self-proclaimed sci-fi cult comedy, which is kind of weird that you're calling it a cult comedy, when no one's seen it yet. Hmm. But anyways, about these two aliens who land on planet Earth, but they're not here to invade, baby. They're here to party. They're here to have a good time. They're just here to hang out. And they bef- they make friends with this dude, uh, and they just they just they just do that. They literally just hang out. 
it looks pretty funny, but there's this evil organization trying to get them. Oh no, will they get them? Won't they get them? Who knows? This is My favorite out. Martians. This is coming out on video on demand, uh, September 29. <laughs> the um, you're not having it. No, <laughs> that's pretty stupid. I admit. I yeah, I'll let you. you know what? It's all good, man. Don't put yourself down. I do it enough for you. The next movie coming oh. out is September third. Is is September thirtieth? The next movie coming out is September thirtieth. You know, it's just one of those days, man. I'm just slipping up my words, tongue tied, falling over myself. So, what is September thirtieth about? It's not. It's it's the release dates of these next movies. Oh, so, okay. You're saying the date they come out on September 30th. September the thirtieth. Yes. Okay. What's the name of it? This first movie is called The Glorias. This was confirmed by Movie Insider and Rotten Tomatoes. I swear to God, I've read about this movie before. I don't know if I've mentioned it on a previous show, or maybe I saw it and then I looked into it and then realized that it's actually coming out on September 30th, so I didn't mention it. But I know for a fact I looked up this movie prior to this day, which was this morning when I wrote this. Okay, I, this, I'm not saying you didn't know about this movie before. I, I know about it. Dude, stop, stop questioning me. Stop questioning <laughs> question me. It. I knew about this. Anyways, I feel like I've read it on the show is what I'm getting at. Anyways. Oh, you're saying you made a mistake and it actually didn't come out the week you said it did? I'm, I'm saying that it was moved, possibly. Or I never mentioned this before and, I misrem- and I'm not remembering properly. you just properly. watched the trailer for it at some point. I never watched Outside the trailer the for this. Show. I, don't, I never watched the trailer for this. Okay, I don't know. I just looked at it. All right, well, what is it about? It's a biographical film based on Gloria Steinem and her book about herself that she wrote herself called My Life on the Road. This is starring Julianne Moore and Alicia Vikander as Gloria, but at two different points in her life. Who is she, you may ask, Simon? Well, I'll read you this little blurb about her from her Wikipedia verbatim. Gloria Marie Steinem is an American feminist, journalist, and social political activist who became nationally recognized as a leader and a spokeswoman for the American feminist movie movement. I mean, this is a movie, but it's based on the movement. In the late 1960s and early 1970s, she's still alive. She's like 80-something years old. Hmm. This Gloria Steinem cool, cool, character. Cool. He's a real person in real life. Yeah, I figured. Crazy. Anyways, the next movie that is coming out is a movie called The Boys in the Band. This is a uh, this is confirmed to me, to us, to everyone by Movie Insider and the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com. This is actually a Netflix original movie starring Jim Parsons, best known for his role in that new show Hollywood, and also a smaller show called Big Bang Theory. Oh, I get it, because Big Bang Theory is a huge show. It is. It is. Hilarious. I don't need you. I don't need you here to finish this part. You know that? <laughs> I can you need do my this validation. Part. I, I can do this part by myself, okay? Okay. <laughs> the trailer looks great, actually. Like, oh. it, this looks like a really good movie. So Jim Parsons plays a gay man and is friends with a bunch of other gay dudes. And they get together to just, like, drink and play games and have a dinner party or whatever. But Jim Parsons' character also invites one of his older friends uh, from back in the day who's straight. And the trailer makes it seem like maybe his friend doesn't even know that he's gay. Oh. At least at the, at, at the start. But anyways, they all get together and they start playing a game where they have to call the only person they have ever loved in their life, and then mania com- commences. Oh. It looks really good, though. It actually looks like a really good, like, kind of just just movie in general. The trailer does a really good job. I don't know. I, I may actually watch this this week Cool. Uh, when it comes out. 
The next movie that is coming out on October the 1st, we're jumping forward to October the 1st, is a movie called Legend of Deification or Jiang Zia. So I think Jiang Zia is its like Chinese name. And then Legend of Deif- Deification is like the international uh, name of the movie. This was confirmed by both Movie Insider and the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com. So this is uh, coming to theaters October 1st. It's actually playing nearby at the Waterloo Galaxy Theaters, like cinemas. It's a Chinese 3D computer animated fantasy film, and it's actually the second movie in what's being called the Feng Shen Cinematic Universe. There's a movie hmm. called Nez Ha, which, which I guess was the first movie in this cinematic universe, and it came out last year. It's actually on Netflix here in Canada, and it's currently sitting at an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie, however, uh, The Legend of Deification, is about a top war commander who's tasked with killing the nine-tailed fox demon, which is uh, Naruto Uzumaki from the hit series Naruto. But when he finds it, it's actually attached to a young girl and has to make a tough decision. So Naruto, when, uh, when he was a young girl, Prior to him beca- becoming a Hokage, what if he ever becomes Hokage? In the this related to it's Naruto. not, it's not. So Naruto, uh, he's like one of it. Yeah. Are you confusing this greatly here? No, Naruto. Com- com- Naruto, the anime show. The- he has the nine-tailed fox demon in him. That's one of his like powers. Like when he gets like super powerful, he lets out the nine-tailed fox demon. Okay, it's different. They're not connected. I was just, I was just making. I was just. This animation and this movie looks really great, though. And I'm quite excited for it. Maybe I'll watch that Nezha movie that's on Netflix. So this next movie that's coming out is a movie called Then Came You. This is a 2020 version of it. Like, it's coming out this year, Then Came You. This is confirmed by uh, Movie Insider and m.the-numbers.com, the most reliable source on the internet. So this one, there's a movie that came out two years ago called Then Came You, which was which starred Asa Butterfield and Macy Williams. I don't know what the plot was about. I think it was like some sort of like love story. It was apparently fairly mediocre. I think it's only that like a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. So only half the people liked it. Whatever, not important. But this movie is different, not connected to it at all in a totally different story. It's about a widow who wants to travel around the world to, I guess, uh, places where her and her husband went together. And she wants to like spread uh, her husband's ashes around, but then meets this uh, another dude in Scotland. Um, so I don't know if it's also like kind of a love story about a woman finding love after her husband's death or whatever. I stopped watching the trailer halfway through. I got bored. Anyways. You got bored at the trailer? Yeah. It's just not, not for me. It doesn't seem like my kind of movie. It seems like a movie for old people. Hmm. Okay. And you know how I feel about old people. You love them. Some of them, my, gran- my grandmas. I love them. Anyways, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Spontaneous. Once again, confirmed by Movie Insider and the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com, as well as Rotten Tomatoes. This movie stars Katherine Langford, uh, best known for her role in um, 13 Reasons Why, most likely, and the new Netflix uh, show called something. It's like a, I don't know, it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Who cares? She's also, she's in a small role in Avengers. Wasn't she cut out? She was cut out, though. Yeah. Yeah, she was supposed to play Tony Stark's daughter. As a grown woman. And this movie also stars uh, Charlie Plummins, best known for his role in I've Never Seen Him in Everything. Anything. This movie is, it's a love story, like comedy, that takes place in high school. But people in their high school class just just start exploding. I'm not even joking. They no just, way, that's the plot. That's the plot. They just straight up start blowing up. 
I'm not even joking. Just blow up. Only this in blood. this school. It's not everywhere else. In the no, world. no. It's only this like class of people. At, at least that's what I took from the trailer. And it's like incredibly bloody. There's just like blood everywhere. It's it's. This is based on a book. Um, this is a limited release on October 1st. However, it is coming to streaming October the 6th. I am wrong about the October 1st thing. I'm pretty certain it's October 3rd um, in theaters uh, for a limited release and then eventually coming to streaming on the 6th. So spontaneous and every movie I'm going to mention after here is October the 3rd. Just want to clarify that. I missed that part. I didn't add it in my notes, and I'm a silly little goose. Next movie coming out is a movie called 2067, once again confirmed by Movie Insider and the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com. This is a cool-looking lower-budget sci-fi movie about the world being all messed up by climate change. And then they get a message from the future to send this guy named Ethan White to the future. Uh, Something like that. Uh, Pretty vague. But good trailer. The trailer doesn't really reveal much, but it seems like kind of artsy and cool. Seems like something that might, maybe, possibly, probably, maybe be up my alley. And where will it show? Just video on demand. Ah. Yeah. You can just rent it. The next movie coming out is a movie called Death of Me. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and m.the-numbers.com, starring the Westworld Hem- Hemsworth and Maggie Q. This is a horror movie where a couple wakes up hungover. However, they find their camera, which recorded a long-ass video, about two and a half hours, the trailer says. It's a DSLR. We both know that's impossible. We both know DSLRs stop recording at 29 minutes and 59 seconds. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, not, that's not accurate. However, in the video that they see... It's a, it's, um, I think that's a, a legality thing. Yeah. From what, we, I, from what I researched with that, when we were filming our other podcast, because we did it as a video, that was a thing. Where it was, the video would cut out just before 30 minutes because like, legally, for some reason, if they weren't considered or classified as a video camera, I don't, I don't know if this is exactly real, but we had issues with this. And I had issues with this, I feel like, on a, another DSLR as well. But anyways, go on. Yeah, in the video, uh, the Westworld Hemsworth uh, murders his Westworld girlfriend. Hemsworth. Yeah. Uh, he murders. Uh, <laughs> clarify, it was he mur- <laughs> It's not Liam. It's not Chris. It's Westworld Hemsworth. Luke. His name is Luke. Luke. I know it's Luke Simon. I know it is. I'm trying to keep the bit alive. Alrighty, Westworld From here on out. Hemsworth. Hems- Westworld Hemsworth is what we call him. Okay, go and on. Westworld Hemsworth kills his girlfriend Maggie Q, but she's obviously still alive because they're they're watching the video together and they're like, "What? What happened?" And, and then and then she's all like, "You you." freaking killed me you, f- you weirdo and he's like no i didn't you're right here and uh long story short chaos ensues this is a really cool premise it's coming out on video on demand for rental uh on the third i really want to watch this movie as well i don't know when i'll get to it but this just seems like a really cool premise the spookier thing is how do they film that for over 30 minutes the the camera was like it fell and uh i think it messed uh something up in the camera to allow it to record longer than 30 minutes ah yeah. I see. Or something supernatural, considering that she's dead in the video. That makes a lot more sense. That makes a lot... I'm going to go with that one. You're right. Gravity. You're blaming it on gravity? Gravity. Come you ever watch that movie, Gravity? Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty great. Alfonso Cuaron. That's right. Best George known Clooney, for... Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Alfonso Cuaron, best known for Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That's a very... Yeah, sure. That's a very pretty movie, by the way. It is. It and is. And on an OLED. I watched it on my OLED, dude. Yeah, dude, yeah. Unreal. And the black levels, unbelievable. Yeah, they're black. Yeah, it's true. 
Yeah. This next movie that's coming out is a movie called Possessor. This was confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com, as well as an ad that I saw on Instagram like a week ago. So I kept uh, I kept that in mind. This is a sci-fi horror movie about an assassin who uh, has like a, a chip implanted in his brain that gives him the ability to uh, possess other people. That's that's really it. Looks uh, looks kind of interesting, I guess. The next movie coming out is a movie called The Devil to Pay. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the trailer itself. This is a limited theater release, and then uh, video on demand on the sixth. There's actually a few of the few of the movies on the list that actually follow this there's a lot of movies coming out there are a lot of movies coming out i feel like again this is gonna dry up shortly when covid like the the covid filming gap yeah of six months where just couldn't film you know uh kajillionaire that i mentioned last week yeah it's playing at the princess twin interesting yeah i don't know covid's getting so much worse in ontario though i'm i'm a little more weary about going to a theater now i'm just gonna i'll consider it it's gonna we'll wear. Uh, let's get a hazmat suit, dude. Like yeah, me. That's the solution. Look. <laughs> Anyways, the devil to pay. Uh, the trailer looks really great. Uh, this is about a like black woman with uh, kids. She gets widowed. Her husband stole something from this weird like freaky cult, and then the cult pretty much tells her that she needs to find what her husband stole, or they'll kill her kids and bury her alive next to them. Yikes! It looks really awesome, actually. Like this actually looked really cool. It might be one of my favorite trailers of this week that I watched. Other than the Death of Me one, that again, that, that seems really good, too. That one just seemed interesting. That one I was, like, intrigued by. Spontaneous looks really cool, too. Honestly, there's a lot of good movies that seem to be coming out this week. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called A Call to Spy. Again, confirmed by the most reliable resource on the internet, m.the-numbers.com, and the trailer itself. This is about the uh, like British army slash government in World War II making a secret female spy army to infiltrate Germany. Uh, this looks really good, too. Uh, it actually came out last year in the UK, but this is the US release. I'm not sure how to watch this, though. This is another one of those situations. I checked the Apple TV app to see if we could pre-order or rent it anywhere. I checked to see if it's playing in any theaters, nothing. So. Slap on the face to Canadians. So yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one, which is unfortunate. Because it, it looks great. It looks great. It looks like a cool idea. I think it's based on like true stories. I don't know how accurate it is, but definitely seems to be based on a true story of sorts. The next movie that is coming out is a movie called Save Yourselves. This is another one of those movies where I feel like I've talked about it before, but maybe not. Um, this was confirmed by m.the-numbers.com in the trailer itself. This one seems kind of like a fun, quirky premise about a young couple. Uh, they go to a cabin together, and they just shut off all their electronics and go off the grid. And of course, as soon as they do that, the world starts falling apart. There's like an asteroid that hits Earth, and uh, alien invasion starts happening. Uh, it looks pretty funny. It looks like a like a quality quirky comedy. This is another one of those movies that uh, come to theaters for a limited release and then eventually going to streaming on the sixth. And then the so the aliens find them and then they start parting with them. The two people. No, that's a this, different alien. Two movie. aliens meet these dude. These this dude. That's what you're talking about. That's you're saying you 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 already talked about this movie. No, this is two two people and aliens. The other one is two aliens in person and people. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, understood. What's interesting about this is that if, whenever you think about that, it's kind of a cool idea. Like there is at some point, if there was an alien invasion or like the start of COVID or a start of an apocalypse or whatever it might be, there is a high chance that somebody 
was going to some cottage off the grid at that point. I was like, oh, I may not be doing this, but somebody somewhere is probably going off the grid, turning their cell phones off and... You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, remember a few years back when there was that, like, uh, footage of, like, that helicopter or something going over that, like, island? And there was, like, an uncontacted, like, group of, like, humans on there that were, like, trying to shoot the, like, plane or helicopter down with, like, bows and arrows and throwing spears and stuff at it. Do you remember that? No. It was only a few years ago? No, what was that? That's exactly it. That's it. It's just, like, an uncontacted, like, island. And there's just, like, people that have been living on that island. The whole time. Yeah, the whole time. Never had any contact with outside like human civilization or anything. But did they like go that. back to it and find out what happened? No, they never went back. Sorry, where is this? I don't know, in the in somewhere in the sea, in the ocean. It was a helicopter? Yeah, a helicopter, a plane or something. There there's foot like you can. Well, helicopters don't have a very good range. Maybe it's not a helicopter, maybe it's a plane then. It's probably a plane. That seems more realistic. Yeah. But it's yeah, just like this remote island. Do they have foot sorry, was this footage? Yeah, I you never can see saw footage. Oh, hey, okay. it's footage. Interesting. Google it. It's yeah, just like uncontacted tribe i think this was like 2015 or some shit like that and there's like video what footage they, where the, how they would have gotten there maybe they built a boat and way back back in the christopher columbus days and they sailed there maybe oh my god they maybe they isolated. were voyagers that makes like sense Moana. though if you think about that if we haven't discovered every island there, there might be islands filled with people they're just chilling yeah i guess that's possible but yeah they probably don't know about covid they probably, probably don't, don't even know about get the COVID either that's the advantage Unless they have bats. Well, the, the the idea of COVID coming from bats is it didn't go directly. Yeah, it was like as well. so it was like a Chinese wet market or whatever. And I feel like because those bats are also isolated on that island, I don't argue that COVID would have existed on the island either because the bats it's would crazy. have had to transfer the disease. But Through they in, couldn't because yeah. unless the bat flew like a long distance over the, over the ocean. Maybe he was visiting family in China. The, the bat was? Yeah, just like a long distant relative. The, so the bat flew across the ocean. Yeah, hung out over there. He didn't China. get tired. It just flew all the way across. Ah, he was having a good time. Maybe maybe found a, a nice hump back away. He was a really fit bat. Like a really fit bat. High endurance bat. Very yeah. good. If actually, if, uh, it usually... He'd beat you in an arm wrestle type of bat. Right. It usually ran triathlons. Ran, yeah. swam, and cycled triathlons. And so this specific bat was visiting family mm-hmm. after winning the triathlon at the Bat Olympics. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's for sure what happened. You thought you were tough when you beat up that one kid outside the movie theater? I never that beat bat up a kid. Could, that no bat kids could beat, beat up, up 10, 10 kids. 10 of those kids. No kids were he beaten did, up. He did beat up 10 kids, that Who, bat. The the bat did? Yeah. Wait, the bat beat up kids now? Yeah. Hypothetically. Like, I think it could. It could, but it didn't. It probably beat up uh, kids oh, in that I'm not sure. Are we more worried about this bat transferring COVID or murdering us all? It didn't murder any the bat of them. It just beat the shit out of them. Just like you and that one kid. Anyways, the no, last movie on the list is a movie called Tokyo Homestay Massacre. Uh, this was confirmed by Movie Insider and the trailer itself. It's about three teens or like young adults that go to Japan to stay there, to stay at this random house, to have like a Japanese sort of experience. However, the house that they live in, um, there's like a weird Japanese cult or something that lives there. And then, uh, and I don't know, they just start doing weird stuff and like killing. And it's it's this gory, grindhouse, corny, low-budget mess of, of a movie, I imagine. The trailer, that's what the trailer makes it looks like. It looks absolutely awful. It looks like one of the worst things I've ever seen in my goddamn life. It looks you've it, ever seen ever. Yeah, worse than the movie The Circle. Honestly, no. Probably we haven't actually not. talked very much about The Circle. I don't want to talk episode. about it, or on any sorry on this episode on this podcast specifically. You don't want to talk about The Circle, your favorite movie of all time. It's not my favorite movie of all time. 
It's probably starring well, Tom Hanks. It might Pat be my Oswald, least favorite and movie. Emma of Watson. All time. Come on, you love and it. John Boyega. You love that movie. I don't. Good actors in that movie. Eh? Wow, I forgot John Boyega. Was I know. Also in it's it. really great actors. It's shockingly bad. It's so shockingly bad considering <laughs> the bad actors. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That movie sucks. Anyways, that's it. Those are the movies releasing this week. That's all. That's cool, all, man. folks. Uh, the movies I would recommend checking out, or at the very least, checking out the trailers. Uh, check out the spontaneous trailer. Check out the Legend of Deification or Jiang Zia trailer. Check out Alien Addiction. Check out Death of Me. Check out Possessor. There's a lot of movies on here that look really great. A Call the Spy, Save Yourself. All these movies look, look, look. The Devil to Pay. These all look really great. And yeah, I feel like this is a really good week for movies. I would suggest check out some of those trailers and, you know, help out the movie industry. I'm sure a lot of these movies will be struggling once they release, you know? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe uh, tossing a few bucks and stream one of these movies. Yeah, cool. Super cool. All righty. Let's reach back into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? As mentioned at the top of our show, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kevin Snass wrote into us, this week and said hi adrian and simon would you rather be half your height or double your weight love always cabin snass so i have a couple questions here can we lose that weight i'm assuming no hmm. like for the for the sake of this particular argument here do we suffer from all the health conditions that we would suffer from if we were twice our weight i'd imagine yes i mean we don't have cabin snass here to ask whether these things it's true are- are, are true or not these questions you ask so, so these, i'm gonna guess like you're stuck at that value you're stuck at that but you're not an, like you're just you're just fine though like you because if i'm gonna suffer from all the health conditions then i'm gonna do half my height let's get stilts stilts yeah or i mean if i'm double my weight chances are I'm, i probably wouldn't be able to walk anymore like it just all of a sudden i'm double my weight my legs aren't built for that you know what's interesting I about just this hanging on a wheelchair weight weighs uh weight weight does weigh Weight is weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, muscle weighs more than fat. And so what if I just built it up as Le- muscle? That's You're breaking the system here. I'm not breaking the system, I don't think. I don't think I am breaking the system. I think that this is in the confines of the system itself. And yeah. I believe that if it was muscle, that I would I would, I would, would do that. Well, yeah. The thing is, is that would you... I don't know how that works. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, that's, not a, that's not a negative then at that point. No, you would just start crushing people's heads. Instead of beating up kids, you'd start killing them. One swift punch. Stop. I, there was no kids beaten up. Why is this such a, a mm. lie that you continue to perpetuate? perpetuate yes, all of those things. Oh, man. It's not a lie, man. <laughs> it is a lie. You can't even say perpetrate <laughs> or whatever the hell you were trying to say. Perpetrate. You were having issues flubbing your words earlier. Come on, give me a break. Ah. Give me a break. But I could acknowledge my mistakes. Yeah, okay. Let's assume that we're fat. We're fat in this case. Fine. I'll, I'll live within the what you believe to be the confines of this mm. argument here. And I'll say that, yeah, I guess, height? I don't know. Like, double my weight with fat? So I'm just like... I feel like this is slightly offensive. Is it? Kind of? A little bit. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't decide on this. Maybe it's kind of No, rude. I'm fine on it. I'm still going to do height. Just get stilts. <laughs> Why stilts, though? What else do you want me to get? Maybe, you don't legs? need it. You don't need stilts. Dude. I'm not going to be the height of a freaking third grader, second grade. I don't know what how, what height people are going to be. This is the be. part where you can say it's offensive. Like, what about Peter Dinklage? Oh, yeah. You didn't even think of that. Isn't it funny? You didn't even think of that at all. Yeah. Also, one of the greatest actors of our time. Uh, he's pretty great. He's great. I wonder I what he's going to do next. Far. What is he doing now? I don't know. 
He's won almost. I think he won like three, four years in a row for Game of Thrones. He's pretty great. He's he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I just feel like uh, we both dug ourselves into a hole here. Yeah, You're making is... fun of fat people. I'm making fun of short people. Yeah, this isn't worth it. Um, uh, I'm still going short. I'm gonna go with weight because I'm gonna go with the muscle argument that I broke the nah. rules. I broke the rules. No, I don't agree with that. This person didn't think through their would you rather. I think this wasn't thought through. I would make the argument that this person has never thought in their life. Whoa. I'm just kidding. It's kind of offensive to this random person that we don't know. Well, you know. Although although this person did write into us before with other would you rathers. Yeah. I feel like this one's too loose. You got to be more specific. Loosey goosey. I don't know. Not a big fan. Of this one? This particular one wasn't as good as the toasters for hands or for feet. Ah, definitely the feet. Yeah, we both chose for feet, right? Yeah. Although with the feet one, you had to keep putting toast in. That's fine. It's fine. At least I'd have hands to grab the toast. And lots of toast. A lot of it. Start a toast company. Yeah, called... Adrian's Toast. Yeah, that's a that's actually straight to the point. Straight to the point. It's a good one. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with double the weight. I work out. No. I'm swole, bro. No, it doesn't work like that. I, I'm not, I'm not going to allow it. doesn't it. say. It has to be negative. Then I'm going to be half my height... I can't turn it around. I was trying to think of something clever. <laughs> no. Half my height, but twice the money, which is still not much. What the hell does that mean? Which is still not much money. Why, why is it half the height plus what? They didn't. Speci- You're making up rules. They didn't specify whether or not I would get twice the money if I became short. So I'll also have twice the money. No, you can't do that because you already, you already changed one thing. No, I didn't. I just said it would From be From here muscle. on out, we can only change one it thing just specifies, thing. There's nothing changed. It specifically says weight, and weight could be muscle or fat. What, muscle weighs more, so arguably it wouldn't be as much to, to, to well, for double doing my muscle, weight. Well, obviously. For muscle. Honestly, I don't even mind. I'm it's a little your, bit... If I'm a little bit of a chub monkey, I'm going to just keep on eating. At that point, you just, it's all the way through. Yeah. Think about it this way. You just Think keep eating afterwards. If if my weight can't go down, then realistically, it shouldn't be able to go up. If we're if we're going with that rule, then I'm going to do double my weight and no I'm just going to eat forever. This. They didn't say that we can't lose oh, right. it, though. right. We were saying that we... Yeah. Oh, mm. I see. I see what you mean. So double the weight, and I'll just eat for the rest of my life. I don't even care. I'm just going to eat like shit forever. Yeah, and then you great. just never, you never have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about anything. So you just you're choosing to be fat with the weight. Yeah, <laughs> on purpose. This yeah. question wasn't wasn't even posed, but we're gonna take that route. Yeah, That's fair. Okay. You know what? I'll just take both. I'll be half my height, but still double my weight. Just double it up. Double it up. Yeah, and you, I could just roll. <laughs> I was gonna say you, you're like a ball at that. Point. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you'd have to be. Yeah, man. Because <laughs> think about it. If you're also half your height you definitely have to have even more weight yeah because you're double your current weight yeah exactly i think you i don't know if that would be like i don't think you could roll i think I would you'd be wide like a, uh, you'd be very wide i'd be think. very wide that'd be the only way that would work no no because like i would just be i'd just become a ball because it could go forward and sideways hmm. you know what i mean yeah i'd roll i'd roll everywhere i'd become a i'd become a weapon i would join the army and they would shoot me out of cannonballs. <laughs> out of cannonballs? Uh, out of the balls themselves. As the cannon shoots the yeah, ball. Yeah, and you I You come just, out of the cannonball. Yeah. They, it, How do they shoot you out of the cannonball? Is there a tiny cannon on the cannonball? No. So I'm in the I'm in the ball. Okay. That, that is within the cannon. Okay. The cannon shoots this ball. Okay. It, it, it demolishes things. It desecrates humanity. And then you come out of the ball. Desecrates. It desecrates graves. 
the graves of our enemies on the other side of this war. And then all of a sudden, when they think it's over, they, they just think it's okay, finally. Like, oh my goodness, thank God. Bam, I appear out of nowhere, out of this cannonball. So this cannonball breaks open. And just, it's like a Trojan horse, except the, the Trojan horse, this cannonball was never a gift. It, it's just always been a weapon. And I was all, I was all, every Trojan soldier. Well, it's, it's a gift. This is a really negative gift. Cannonballs in general, they're kind of just really, really negative gifts. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. It's, it's <laughs> Here yours. Here you go. <laughs> I got a gift for you. It's a cannonball. I think your boat wants this. That I am shooting at you right Here's now. Here's your sailboat. Here's the cannonball. Theoretically, like if you go into the water, you'd be very buoyant. As a ball? Yeah. As a, a ball of fat? Yeah, I think so. I don't, I'm not, I'm not You're very, not a scientist. No. So you can't say for sure. But I took, I did, well, I did take uh, science until grade 11 and I'm pretty sure. You'd I'm float. pretty sure I'd float. Based on your grade 11 science. Well, good to know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that insight. This is actually a really good question. The more I thought about it, the funner, I, funner it got. The funner. The more fun it got. I think that concludes our episode. Does Would it? Would you agree? I think so. Thank you all for listening once again. Thank you're you, welcome. Adrian, for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. No worries. As co-host once more. As another note, just to be clear. Another one. Yeah, another one. We are available on pretty much every spot the podcasts are broadcasted. Whether that be Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify. And even now, Amazon Podcasts. Oh my goodness. Which recently launched, and we're part of that too. Amazon Podcasts. Tune in Radio, Deezer, iHeartRadio. We do it all. We do it all, folks. We are Join us. Subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for listening to the 13th episode. I've split focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter, signing off. Uh, what is that? You hear that in the background? I wonder if the mic's picking this up. It doesn't really matter. Is it the neighbors yelling at each other? I think it's a TV show or something. It could be the neighbors. Oh, there's some loud people next door. Yeah. You and your goddamn stop sign neighbors. You know, you know uh, who would have beat the shit out of those neighbors? Ben Affleck's Batman from Batman v Superman, which is a great movie. <laughs> Anyways, take care. I thought for sure you were going to say the cannonball version of me is a, <laughs> a wide, short, fat man. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Have a wonderful day. Good evening. Goodbye. Take care.